take a little Debbie in my lunchbox every day, but I don't like it when a big dinosaur eats it. Maybe Mom should pack too. Mmm. <laughs> little Debbie, America's number one snack cake. Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Cuddlypoof and this is level 209. Joining me tonight is Matriarch. Hello. Kushmoose. Hello. And Big L. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. How's it going? It's going good. We're back to our regularly scheduled program after a crazy last week with everyone on. Wasn't that fun? That was a great time. It really was. I had just as much fun listening back to it. I mean, too many teachers were on that episode, but other than that, pretty good. <laughs> They're going to learn you a thing or two. Yeah, really. I was I was going to make a 209 cleaning product joke, but we're going to have to do that in 200 more episodes. So stay tuned. That's actually 409. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Oh. And you I said thought that the butt was, was that so it was something like, regional. 209? No, no. I, hmm? well, I hope it's not. Regional cleaning product. That's weird. That would be very weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Although are from I, the land I do of know that, uh, I put nothing past you all. <laughs> My stepmother, mm, so um, she, she calls... Uh, what do you call that thing in your in your kitchen? It's a sponge, but it's mm-hmm. wrapped in like webbing, and you use that to to scrub things down. What do you call that? Uh, Scotch uh, Brite, Brillo, a sponge, <laughs> a Sprillo, yes, or a Brillo. Well, no, a sp- these, these are all things I've heard before. A Sprillo, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, still. These are all things I've heard before, but but she calls them chore boys. Oh, I've never heard that. Before. What? It, it's called a chore boy. So out in Minnesota, chore boy uh, scrubber. Yes. Chore boy. Well, we're going to okay, have to ask boy. our Minnesota quota. Choreboyscrubbers.com. Yeah. Is I'm this going to be an episode for a Google image search? Chore boys. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going sure. to turn out well. You'll image search cream pie, but you want search chore boy. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with a good old cream pie? Chore boy okay, moving on. is a brand name. Though. It's. it's it's I think not, oh, is that what it is? It's not a derivative. Okay, so it's, it's like the brand. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that so really it is a regional brand. There you go. But yeah. I, I think this is. I think we're building up some some good content for a hashtag secret word episode right here. <laughs> so much fun. Was a while. Yeah. No, we haven't. <clears throat> Have fifty people just typing cream pies into the Discord. <laughs> what could right. go wrong? Can we stop saying hashtag that? Chore boy. No longer. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. <laughs> chore boys and cream pies. We got uh, the title. All right, I'm just so a chore begins. boy, nobody loves me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, yes. So let's get off of that into our topic of discussion. This one, this question, Speaking this week, of Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> hey, Peachy, do it. Damn. This one comes from Freemhole. He says. Uh, for those who interact with kids, do you feel like because you play lots of video games, you are still cool? cool. Or has the streaming, <clears throat> free-to-play, play-to-win, disposable mobile gaming of today make those kids view you as some relic of the past? Uh, let's start with Nate. 
Interesting. Well, uh, so Relic of the Past figured it's a good segue. Are you trying to say? <laughs> Speaking of starting with me, let's start with Freem. And Freem answers his own question by saying, My son is almost 14 and daughter is 11. They watch an obscene amount of game streamers, namely Minecraft, Fortnite, Apex, Rocket League. They pretty much only play free-to-play games and look at my achievement hunting as some ridiculous venture. They're um, not wrong. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is just now nine. And she doesn't really have an opinion about my game playing. But she will come in and say, why are you playing this particular game? Uh, and and I'll, I'll just look at her and she'll go, oh, right, achievements. And <laughs> But she goes and she plays games just so she can jump off cliffs or so she can stop in the middle of traffic and create a traffic jam and just get people to honk at her. I mean, that's what she does. So uh, who's ridiculous now, Nora? Um, so, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what everyone other than my daughter plays. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not knowing uh, that I'm no longer one of the cool kids. <laughs> now, I wish Freem had answered or talked a little bit more about his kids' playing of these games. Because when I play Rocket League or Fall Guys, I'm playing to those in-game lists, too. And I'm sure all you people are. What do you mean, you people? That's true, right? Yeah, with Fall I, Guys, I yeah. bet you that his kids do say, oh, I'm going to go for this, uh, whatever, 10 wins in Rocket League or, you know, 50 clear. Well, yeah. the structure of, well they're the also more like car. challenges. Yeah. So they want they get stuff for that, not just some point somewhere. It's on their profile. You know, what do you get? A skin, maybe? More cosmetic items. All right, so you're saying that there's more of a point for that stuff than gamer score? Uh, I get, it. I get. What, I, I think get for what the casual, yeah, yes. Hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would absolutely love it if um, awards came back. If you remember those from the 360 days, yeah, Avatar. When awards. you unlock certain achievements, you got things. Rewards, not awards. Well, no, so no, you mean like uh, Avatar like a cool hat? Or like a chore boy for your avatar to hold, <laughs> that sort of thing. I always rocked the companion cube from Portal. Ah, well, I'm curious I used that too. For a very long time. I'm curious too with Freem's answer, and, and hopefully we'll get some follow up on this in in Discord. That with the free to play games, like. Like you already brought up, there's this idea of playing through the different challenges to unlock the different skins and whatnot. But do his kids only play for those free-to-play skins, or do they ask once every three months for the $10 for the season pass so they can get the really good free-to-play skins? Because at that point, not only are you playing essentially for what are the built-in achievements in the game, but you're also kind of showing how the free-to-pay model just fools us all. So I'm curious how that actually goes down in his household. So I know my nephews ask every so often uh, for like five bucks or something like that in the game so that they can go buy. Honestly, I don't even know what they spend their money on. They buy something in like NBA 2K and it gets some something. I don't know. I know nothing about that game. I don't know if Mm -hmm. they get some new players or new skins or what. Is it possible they're just telling you they're buying stuff in NBA? And they're really, I don't know, uh, buying a car 
or something to put in their side <laughs> and buy a car. <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. I get I, I get the weekly reports. All right. I'm the thing that boggles my mind is the, the streaming that they are watching instead of just playing the games. My kids will watch well, YouTube's of Minecraft pretty much only, and that's because there's a uh, the modding community. So they watch all mm-hmm. the crazy mods from Minecraft, but they don't watch any other game really. But the streams well, I mean, just play. Well, do you play football? Um or baseball? Um so you're saying that these these streams are professionals and they're more um, fun to watch? Yes. I mean, right before we we started recording, I was watching Age of Empires 2 games. But you're an Orioles fan, so you don't see professional sports in your town anyway. So what's your point? I'm like 90% be- <laughs> 90% sure they're doing better than that's right now. So I wouldn't be talking. Uh, that is definitely a lie. <laughs> Not even no close idea. to the truth. Not even close. I Although they're doing better than up. anyone expected. They're a half game out of the basement. So it's good. Exactly. They actually won something this year, so they're doing better than anyone expected. <laughs> I legitimately have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, like I do like you uh, defending kids, these kids. Well, I mean, <laughs> kids watch streams yeah. and things that they're interested in. Yeah, they're interested in the game, so you watch the things that you're that you're interested in. I like I like all these different games, so I like watching people play them. I know for me personally, it's either I'm watching someone do things that I know I can never do because I'm never going to be able to get that good either because I don't have that skill or time to get that good at it. Or in some games like an Age of Empires, uh, I learn a lot of like strategies and whatnot while, while watching a stream. It's like, oh, this unit counters that that unit, so on and so forth. I can't believe you're such yeah, I mean, a chore boy apologist. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't <laughs> honestly get the hate that people give uh, for people who watch streams. The only streams people should be watching games. are ours. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe. I mean, you're not your wrong, Amazon but Prime. come on, people, <laughs> get in those ducky races. He's not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. But yeah, I mean, like, I I still don't understand why people, you know hate on anyone that watches someone play a video game. Maybe it depends why. I'd love to I mean even if it's just not it. something it's like, oh you're just you just enjoy that game. Because you could probably probably develop some skills when you watch someone right and say, Oh, I don't know you could do that or that's a good idea. Yeah. I that or if you just love definitely. a game, you watch it. They've definitely had that conversation with your son L about like well why do you watch Rocket League videos and he'll say well that's how I learn new things to do you know like it's part of the process to you know like oh I've never seen somebody um, you know manipulate the ball in this way and then how do you do that um, mm-hmm. and we'll do that at times too right like um, in in a game like Rayman where they have the daily challenges like those top scores are really hard to get but at least back in the day there would be one of the guys who always finished well who would post their video and you could watch that video to learn oh right i didn't realize you can do this so there is some value in that i just think the part of it that befuddles me is how many kids don't then go back to play the games like they really don't have an interest in playing the game like like to your example earlier about football 
Kenny. And I've, I've heard that before, too. Like, well, don't you watch professional sports? But like, at least baseball, like I had an interest in playing baseball. Like, I'm just not athletic. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to live vicariously through these people that can. I always had an interest in playing baseball and really understanding the game and the dynamics of it. Uh, I'm finding especially like the younger with the younger kids more as they grow up. They really don't have that much interest. Like I actually had a conversation with my nephew like two, three days ago. My mom had got him a Fortnite shirt because he was super into Fortnite. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't really play this anymore. So I said, okay, well, what do you play? He's like, honestly, nothing. I mostly just watch now. It's like, wait, what? Like they, they mm-hmm. don't have an, an interest even in, in doing that because they don't play as well as the people that they're watching. And I guess there's they get more out of watching these really great people play than kind of being mediocre themselves. I don't I don't know what it is. And maybe that's again the same as the sports. But yeah, there's a lot of that now where it's it's really about just watching a, a Twitch streamer or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, it's just one form of entertainment of how you're going to digest it. I mean there's no different than if like I went it, I you know, I'm really big into the UFC. I watch that almost every single week. I watch videos of it on Facebook oh, please, and TikTok please find and everywhere. Please. And <laughs> as much as I would love to punch lots of people in the face, I'm not going to do that. That's not my avenue of entertainment right now. What about so you? Nate? I watch other people punch each other in the face. Uh, Are you gonna go? Mm, I know you're also a I UFC watch? guy. No, you're, you're right, a UFC I am guy. I'm a UFC guy. So, so do you feel yeah, the inclination to to go punch someone in the face too, and it's just not hey, like, hey. you don't think you can do it physically, or is it like enough to? L's right there. Uh, I mean, no, I, hey. I don't normally feel the need to, to punch people. <laughs> now, kneeing them in All the right, nuts. I'm the only one with anger issues. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> with that lovely segue, I'm going to read another couple of patron answers because uh, we got away from the question a little bit. So. MDP shared that his nephew loves playing video games with him, and they have a blast no matter what they play. Uh, His nephew thinks he's cool, so I guess I must be. Um, He also notes that his nephew watches Minecraft videos on YouTube nonstop, but hasn't played the game himself yet. So this touches kind of on what we were getting at. Uh, Vulgar Latin also adds that I can say that as I've had to deal with kids, they think I have a cool list of things. Though generally, it's more because of what I have in Rocket League or some other hot new game. Also, I live in an apartment with all kinds of giant child things like Funkos and replica master swords. <laughs> so that's called being an adult with expendable income. And you're able to buy whatever crap you wanted to buy when you were a kid. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to get back to that. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> I, I find for myself, it really depends on the age of the kid that's involved in the conversation. So I interact with kids and teens through my job and... There are times like uh, this past weekend, I was working at a place and there's a kid wearing a Pokemon shirt. So I was just like, oh, cool. You're into Pokemon. And the first thing this kid was maybe like six or seven was this sort of shock. Like, oh, no, I, I don't know if this is cool or not. Like if this is okay. <laughs> like uh, and then I, I, you know, I asked like, well, what's, which one are you playing? Like, And just after two or three questions, this kid just thought it was the coolest thing that the library lady actually knew about video games. <laughs> but with the teenagers, the, the older kids. When it's sort of like, you know, oh, hey, I play this thing, too, or I've played whatever. There's definitely more standoffishness about like, oh, I don't know if I should play that anymore because the, you know, boring old library lady plays it. It really depends on where you get them. The one thing I found successful with like older kids is if you trash talk something. 
So if you say like, I don't want to play a PlayStation because the controller is garbage. I said that once to a group of teenagers and they all thought this was the most awesome thing they ever heard an adult say. <laughs> so, you know, if, if <laughs> yeah, like two of the kids actually got up and high fived me and I was like, okay, but it, it's just, it's a manner of talking, right? And how you engage with your peers. So, I mean, I, I would say I've never been made to feel like a relic of the past, but some of that's also knowing your audience. I, you know, I don't sit there and go, well, if you think that this game is great, you ought to try Mario Brothers 3 on the NES. Obviously, they don't care. And if they did care, they would engage in that. So, but I also don't ever really talk about like my achievement hunting gamer score stuff. Like it's come up in conversation every now and again. And the numbers that we deal with are so unfathomable to casual players right. that, that they just don't even process it. If you say you have a number over like 30,000, like, what? Is that all you do? It's like, no, I'm here at work. Like, clearly, that's not all I do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I, – I wouldn't say necessarily that I feel like I'm quote unquote cool because I'm not. But I feel like sometimes it gives me a little – like a little lead in to be able to talk and interact with the kids more easily than it would if I was just like the stranger behind the desk they're trying to ask questions to. Yeah, I can understand kind of come kind of from where you're coming. Yeah. I can kind of understand where you're coming from there. Um I mean, so I don't have a kid of myself of my own that is of gaming age, you know, Oliver's a year and a half, so the only thing he wants to do with Slacker. the controller is rip out the batteries and play with the button. <laughs> and so he doesn't understand games, but I have my two nephews that are both at this point 16. And I think in the beginning, they kind of, they kind of thought it was cool, especially because like downstairs here, you know, I have this cool game room. I got my TV hung up and all this nerdy stuff and a bunch of games. And like, they would want to come down here and play. But now that they've gotten a little bit older, their uh, interests in games have changed. Like they don't want to play Fortnite no more. They don't want to play Minecraft no more. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, 2k and well one all he plays is 2k the other one is plays a couple of different things on game pass like he's gotten into like watchdogs and he was just playing house flipper and mm-hmm. he's kind of all over the place so we don't really share too many too many common interests in games even though i've i like i've tried to get all of us to play you know those the two of them myself and brooke like i would love to play halo with all four of us or gears of war but no no one really has an interest in that. Now, you were talking about the teens. Um, at my church, I help with the teen, teens, and we have a switch down in the in the room along with a uh an Xbox an Xbox 1. And there's been a couple of times where, you know, before anyone gets there, I'm playing Mortal Kombat or Halo or something like that, and that's led me into having the conversations um with them where it's just like oh you play this game oh do you play call of duty or this or that or whatever so like it has been a kind of a way to connect um to what the question says i don't know if i'm really necessarily cool in their eyes but i mean i feel like i'm pretty fly for a white guy wow uh, and there goes all the cool that, that yeah, no, you've, you've been sitting on that statement stinger for <laughs> i have been sitting hours. on that for a while yeah now kenny <laughs> <laughs> I am confused by your the notion of playing Mortal Kombat 
in a church setting. I knew you were going to say that. Well, it's in the basement. If I could have paused oh. time. I would have bet a gajillion dollars and Oliver's life that you were going to bring that up. <laughs> well, it's like the dungeon they, of the church, they, really. It's, it's you satanic, it and you know, it's all. The- <laughs> I, I could. We're different. I could see. I could see people not being too too keen on their kids playing that in the church. Well, we're a little bit different, and you, you, you know, don't let the parents know. Ah, okay. <laughs> Nothing like church yeah. secrets. Right, okay. right, exactly. <laughs> oh, please. Like, these kids aren't playing Mortal Kombat in GTA. They come in and are like, how much money do you got in GTA? What guns do you have? It's like, all right, you all are playing GTA, so I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat's fine. If, if well, right, there's Mortal Kombat's where they do realistically. Line, um confession yeah, like they're all playing ha- they're all playing halo and uh Warzone well, and gta team. so like it's it's shooting right but it's not uh gta is an extreme example and like mortal kombat because of the yeah. different blood filters and whatnot like halo is is halo you can get away with like that's the rule where i work is it's got to be team rated if it's a ya program it has to be you know e10 or whatever the ratings are now if it's the the younger kids so we can't like we can't use our budget or anything to get mature games. Like even if it was meant to be an adult gaming program, we just gaming programs are meant for YA or kids, and that's where that's allowed to go. Halo, I could get, but I could not get a Grand Theft Auto or a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, and like not all of them play. Like some just go over and play the Switch and like play Smash Bros or whatever, and you know right. play with them, and they they enjoy that. And you know, the kids that enjoy that enjoy you know me being able to play with them and you know me telling them it's like oh yeah i've been playing these games for like as long as you've been alive (laughs) which i've been having those moments quite often recently it's just like oh wow but uh anyway uh patron response i'm gonna read is from lego head he says it's easier if you don't care whether you're you are seen as cool or not. Amen to that. The boss loves playing any games with the Yura gang, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't think any of us are cool. Kids, in my experience, like to be seen as equals, whatever their age. Mm-hmm. That is I an excellent that observation. Too. I think. Yeah, wow. That's a very good point. It's like a grown-up thought. Good job. <laughs> that's why he's not on the podcast. <laughs> grown-up thoughts huh. all right and uh how about you now, everyone thinks i'm cool if if uh not just for my gaming then my uh baseball card collecting comic books wrestling oh my god i'm the coolest there is i don't know anyone Kenny, you have a cricket noise on mm. your soundboard <laughs> man I every wish. time i tell him to put a sound effect in <laughs> he never does so you know that ain't gonna happen what are sound effects he doesn't listen. It's like when you tell him Super Smash Brothers is not really a fighting game. You know, he just doesn't listen. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a platformer. So, <laughs> it's a party game. It's a part. It's a party fighting game. Uh, so my son, he is an interesting breed. So he knows about my achievements and stuff, and he'll occasionally help me with them. But then, I'm, if he's in a mood, he'll say, "Oh, you're just playing that for achievements." And then, you know, he'll start playing Pokemon and try to get every Pokemon in the Pokedex. So, therefore, <laughs> I don't know. It's a little hypocritical sometimes. but uh, It's all collecting. Absolutely. All There's right. The achievements you're putting yourself 
through. And I think there was some, uh, sorry to cut you off real quick, Al, but there was some other discussion about this idea of like, you know, we could tell from the way we played probably when we were younger that achievement hunting was something that's going to suit us well, right? Like, yeah, I remember playing Metal Gear Solid and collecting all the dog tags. Like, I just, I had to, or I didn't feel like I was playing the game right. So yeah, your son doing that is, it's exactly the same thing. And it's worse, because it's so much harder to collect them all and deal with that and power them all up than oh it is gosh. to probably get the achievement for just getting like 80% of the Pokedex. Yes. Yeah, there's a thousand of those little things. And there's about to be more in uh, four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but of course he thinks I'm very cool. So... Some patron responses. We have Redstack, a.k.a. Catster. Uh, depends on the game. I impressed the son of my sister's best friend by showing him Forza Horizon 5. And, of course, when he and his brother were younger, they spent hours amusing themselves with my Wii U. Ooh, speaking of a relic, wow. And the games I had, so right. they made me pretty cool, <laughs> at least at the time. Yeah, for whatever reason, the Wii U did, just did not catch on. I thought it was pretty nifty. <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. I thought it was pretty nifty. Playing Mario Maker and it's maybe and the other person. Maybe the only Nintendo system <laughs> I don't own is the Wii U. It was very nifty. I yeah. bought one solely for Mario Maker. Put about ten hours and into the stupid thing. Do you ever have a second player making the platforms for you as you as you play? How cool is that? I had no idea that was an option. Really, that's like the coolest thing. You could like just use the touchpad to draw platforms while the other person's jumping around. Yeah, I did not know that. And actually, speaking oh. of streaming for a. Long time there, I was very much into the Super Mario Maker, uh, sh- like YouTube presence and whatnot, and the streams and whatnot. And I watched a lot of the guys, yeah, play that every single week. The um, the Kaizu builds and that's what made me want to buy the game because I'm like, this looks so cool, I want to try it. Then I realized I'm awful at Mario and I don't want to play this. <laughs> Not surprising. Chewy, our resident Wookiee, said, I have never nor will I ever be cool. Amen. However, my kids are young enough and stupid <laughs> enough at the moment to think that I am. I'm confident this will not last. I'm enjoying it while it does. Well, I will say Damn. that I think you are cool uh, for the WWE creator wrestlers that you've been making of the community. I saw the one so of good. Inigo Montoya. It was amazing. And then just, it was one of Elroy with the guns. There was one with me looking like a troll. Well, that one wasn't so good. But there was a lot of good ones. <laughs> Not a troll. Damn it. It's good points. Uh, well, I think uh, we touched enough on this topic. Freem, that was a good one. It's definitely interesting to see what the next generation of kids is playing. Uh, mm-hmm. As we go on, I have some thoughts about how our gaming is changing also. How gaming is just... Yeah. You go on ahead, Kenny. Bring it on home. <laughs> yeah, gaming gaming as a whole is changing very, very much. Definitely. Uh, but yeah. Thanks for your question, Freem. That was fun to talk about. Uh, let's get into the game showcase. Um, I'll go first, since I'm first in order. So I've been playing a game... That has been getting a lot of hype. It's really, really big in Game Pass right now. It was super big on Steam. There was a lot of streamers streaming it and whatnot. And a lot of people seem to love it. And it is Power Washing Simulator. (laughs) And (laughs) I'll be quite honest, I kind of hate it. 
All right. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's here. I like this take. Go ahead. A, I, yeah. Yeah. See, I know that was completely surprising for no. all three of you and probably everyone listening. I'd love to, me. to hear this. Um, but yeah, I don't like the game. That's why I started with that. Um, real quick, if you don't know what this game is and you can't figure out what this game is from the title, it is a simulation game all about power washing. And you have different uh, areas or vehicles or objects or what have you that you have to completely get clean. And like if you you go into career mode and you have a job and the first job is the van, you have to sit there and power wash, uh, power wash the van, get all the dirt. And when I say all the dirt, I mean all of the dirt off of the, off of it before you can you know get five stars and continue on with the next job. Um, I mean, technically, you can continue at any point because as you clean certain parts of the vehicle or backyard or whatever it is the job is, you earn money, but you don't get your full uh, paycheck until you completely clean every single spot. Um, but yeah, so I started playing this game. Everyone was talking about it. It's like I said, it's a simulation game. That is totally up my alley. I love sim- my simulation games. I started off Power Wash the Van. Then I moved on to, I don't know what it was called, but it was basically like the backyard where it has like the shed and the bir- and the birdhouse and whatnot. And then I got to the third job, which was the bungalow, I believe is what they called it. And then I was power washing for about five minutes in that. And then I said I had enough and I uninstalled the game after what TA Whoa. says is two hours. This game to me is wildly tedious it is actually not as zen as i thought it was going to be like i enjoy power washing in real life like it's not like i hate doing that it's just when i put it into a game i find it wildly tedious i don't find this the game to be relaxing like a lot of people talk about it being it's just I just find it more annoying because it's, oh, here I have this this area, and then there's like one little speck of dirt somewhere that you have to try to find, and you can't find it. And like, yes, I know you can press uh, right on the D-pad, and it lights up where the dirt is, but sometimes it's still not the easiest to, to see. And if I could just toggle it, it would be so much better instead of have to constantly sit there and press it so it doesn't keep flashing. Yeah. I, I I don't like the game. I like I said, I find it tedious, and the UI in the game is even worse. Trying to navigate around the map because it's they did not port it for a controller. It has the mouse that you move around the screen, you know, like it is on the computer. I, I'm just amazed at how wrong you are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I'm about to get a lot of hate when this drops. Wow, you go first, Nate. Um, yeah, this game is great. I don't know. I, uh, mm. let's, let's just rewind and delete everything Kenny said. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, it's really surprising to me. Um, now I wasn't I sure. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not either. But um, I decided to just jump in. I didn't try it on an alt tag. I put it on my tag, and you know, it even popped pretty early. And I was like, oh, okay, well, here we go. Um, then I probably stayed up till like four a.m. Uh, cleaning that bungalow, <laughs> like, 
rubbing that bungalow with chore boys uh, just to get all that dirt <laughs> off. Um, because because I just couldn't stop. It was like, oh, okay, I'll do this railing and then I'll go to bed. Well, no, because as soon as you've done the railing, there's that post right there. And that post, well, he's a dirty boy. Uh, so you just want to hose that thing down. So you start hosing that down. You're like, oh, well, uh, I don't want to do the gutters, but look at that wall over there next to this uh, this dirty wall juxtaposition next to this super clean wall. Like, I can't leave the bungalow like that overnight. Like this, is, So you just, you know. I just, I find it hard to stop anywhere in the middle of a level. And and the levels do take a long time. Uh, like that bungalow took a, took a long time uh, to do and all I of And I think it. that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's my hang up. It just takes so freaking long. So here's I the thing I played the though. game for two hours and I completed two jobs. But it saves your progress. So you can walk away and you can come back and you can clean up that bungalow the next day. And like the, the owner won't care one bit. <laughs> Like no, you, you just, actually can't. Like you just were saying, you you can't just leave that dirty. You have to well, keep going. Yes. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> right, it so sounds my like own personal your enjoyment. Or whatever, yeah, whatever. it all comes down to how capable you are of leaving a job half done for the night. Oh, I'm quite capable of just walking away and, and not finishing a job. But but yeah, I do have that thing where she's <laughs> like, just one more, just one more, and then after an hour of just one more, I'm like, okay, no, really, I need to just shut this down. Uh, and then just I kind of walk away from it. I haven't gone back to it because I I want to use that game as a way to relax or as a way to uh, you know just kind of wind down. I also find that playing it on a, a monitor like right near me is kind of hard. And I've I've been meaning to go try it on the TV uh, out in the living room where it's bigger. Uh, but I just don't want my wife to see me power washing because if she sees me power washing in a game, I'm really worried that she's going to remind me that of the power washer we have in the garage <laughs> and the fact that the the deck is green and not red. Um, and so I'm going to she want me to fix that. So, uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't like it. I'm surprised that I do like it. And, I'm, and I know. I'm, and I want That's L to really try it. L just keeps talking about it. He keeps down talking it, but he doesn't. I don't know if he's tried it. So let's, let's oh, see what we no. say. Well, I hadn't played any new games that I wanted to talk about. So I did start this up yesterday, Nate. And I even got the family in on it. So last night, I got my wife to play with me. And so she did the tutorial level, which is the uh, the van. And, you know, she she's not the best with the 3D and the, that kind of stuff. But she got it done. She got it done. And, you know, she had to, like, look at the buttons. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what the Y button is. Right now. <laughs> but it's like... And then she figured out, you know, she jumped on top of the van to finish the job. And I thought she would have, you know, done the tutorial and handed the controller right back to me. But no, we started up the next level and she started cleaning the uh, the backyard. Uh, <clears> one <throat> thing interesting, there there is the semblance of a story. Then these these I think as you get a certain amount of stars, different little story beats come up. And there are. Some, I was going to mention. There's that, lots yeah. of puns. In text messages. Lots of puns. If you actually read that stuff, there's there's some good puns. I did not read any of that. I didn't clock any of that. Um, I legitimately just thought this was a get in, do a job, get out kind of a game. Like someone said, they were going to uh, make a, a storefront and they were going to call it Grouting Thomas, and I was just sitting there laughing hysterically. I thought it was hilarious. I'm sure, you have no idea what that. Was, but that's okay. I thought it was funny. So. 
little things like that just pop up. And then when you're, you know, it says, oh, what did you have a rhinoceros loose in the yard? Why is it so dirty? And just little things like that that were funny. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's the other thing. How is your backyard <laughs> so freaking dirty? Like, I'm not good at landscaping or keeping up with it. And my backyard is nowhere near as dirty as that. I do have one complaint. Where was this game made? Tire is spelled T-Y-R-E. What is this nonsense? Is that the the, the British um, or the, the, the Australia? I'd like to know where this game uh, is. Uh, I Who forget. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, I thought I saw a color with a U. So oh, boy. At one point. Uninstalling a two. So, well, they called the house a bungalow. But I was surprised to not... Uh, hear in advance from anyone that the game is co-op uh, but strangely there's no local co-op it's only online co-op as far as I saw so Weird. the story mode could be two players and then there's free play with up to six players which I thought was interesting also um, so my wife played and then she handed the controller to me finally I started the second level and she's even said to me, like, you'll do better with this because you're, you're good with the controller. And maybe there have been other games like this, but to me, it it really felt like a first-person shooter. It was really weird. Oh, it's very much like a first-person shooter. Like, it shooter. controls beautifully. Um, luckily, we yeah, we, we figured out if you hit the left, uh, left on the D-pad, the water stays on. And Yeah, that was a very nice thing I found. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, oh, what is it? I made it less annoying. So I, I assume once you get money, you buy upgrades, and it makes things easier to clean. We didn't get, we yes. didn't get that you, far. You can get different nozzles. You can get different like uh, wands that will <coughs> make it uh, better at like a distance uh, or better for close-up. And then eventually uh, you can buy a more powerful unit. I think there's like two or three more powerful units. And I'm hoping that those make cleaning bigger areas faster. They were expensive. Uh, that's that's my hope. Oh yeah. Well, by the time you're done like that bungalow, I I went on to the next level. And the next level, um, well, it's a fountain, and it's a very detailed fountain. And that's the one mm. where I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna do yes. one. I'm gonna do one eighth of this fountain, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go to bed. And I'm like, okay, well, no, I can't leave this outer ring dirty. So I'm going to finish this outer ring, but I'm not going to do the gnomes. Oh, I actually did a gnome. <laughs> I guess I'm doing all the gnomes. And, and by the time I've, you know, I've been about a quarter of the way through that one. I have enough money. I think I'm going to go buy the next unit uh, and see if that helps. See, and that right there, to me, that, w- that uh, hook was there, but it was more tedious and annoying for me than it was fun. And this is coming from the guy, once again, that likes the simulation and management games. I was up till like 2.30 in the morning last night completely rebuilding my farm and farm together to make it more efficient. I enjoy these kind of things. Power Wash Simulator just does not do it for me. And I thought for sure it would. I thought for sure this was going to be a game that I was going to be completely addicted to. Especially seeing how a bunch of people in the Discord and whatnot there's that screenshot. There's that screenshot in the Discord of the person that did 50% of the subway mm-hmm. by going and, and just doing a half. Like literally, so you're looking at the subways if you're standing there waiting for a train. Uh, and like the left half of everything you're looking at is dirty, and the right half of everything you're looking at is spotless. And that to me, I was just like, oh crap, I need to go play that game again. 
So uh, <laughs> I, can't. I just want to start on the, the other side. Uh, I like the game. Um, I'm not going to like rush to finish it, but I am going to be chipping away at it. Yeah, most people just say it's just satisfying. That's the word I hear. It's just strangely satisfying just to turn something dirty into something so clean. Where does the yeah, where does the dirt go anyway? Similar <laughs> when you're spraying it down, it just disappears. I'm not sure what the what the cleaning solvents are for. Like I I bought them, but I, I guess the they soap. help later, like when things like stick. Yeah, like when like I guess things stick to stone or whatever, and then like one of the things you can do is like decrease the no, the nozzle size, and that will give more power. So like if you notice when you're washing something, it takes like two or three passes. Like decrease the nozzle size, and then you only have to do one pass. Um, so maybe it gets to a point where, you know, not only do you have to do that, but you have to use soap. And, like, maybe that makes a difference. But I haven't really had to use soap yet. I was going to say, I bought some soap thinking that it would help, and it did not help. I it just, it doesn't seem like it I did I think anything. some of the surfaces tell you what you're supposed to use on it. It'll say, like, stone or, like you said, or something. Yeah, I got, like, one of the multi-purpose ones, and it's, like, or multi-cleaner. Yeah, multi-purpose ones. And it seems like it just did nothing. All right, so anyway, today I gave the controller to my son. So the first thing he says is, ugh, sensitivity on this is terrible. So he immediately pauses and turns the sensitivity all the way up. He's like, all right, this is better now. You turned it up? I up? turned it down. Really? I turned oh. it down because it was like, yeah, it was hard to like, if you're trying to do the challenges no, it where it's like, up. okay, complete this. Yeah, I like. I turned it down because I, I wanted really? to be able to... To, to not find. have it like swing wildly yeah, as I was I said trying that to just like no precision. Just press it slightly like this. <laughs> so weird. That's what he did. And um, yeah, he he was enjoying it because he's always liked games where where you always get the feeling of making progress. That's always been his thing. Mm-hmm. So you can see the little graph of each little individual section. You see that going down, and then you like, and then you hear a ding, another satisfying sound that you hear for getting something done, and you get money, and you see the percentage going up. So it's just all of these little things that are just preying on your sensibilities. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, this should be a uh, satisfying game, but for me, it's just not. I just find it tedious. And I might try it again later on. Maybe but as um, right now, I'd, get it. I don't install that. Sucker. Well, it, knowing that it has co-op, maybe you get um, download it on uh, I don't know a second Xbox or a computer and play with Brooks. See what happens. Honestly, if I were to play in co-op, I probably wouldn't hate it as much because that it really is one of the things um, that I didn't like is while I was while I was cleaning the backyard. I look at the clock, I'm like, it's been like an hour and a half. I feel like I've done nothing. Like, I legitimately felt like playing this game, I am wasting my life. And I don't usually feel that about games. Like, if I were to play an hour and a half of Halo or Chorus or insert game title here, I'm, you know, it's time well spent. I was relaxing. I was enjoying myself. This game, I legitimately feel like I'm wasting my time. Wow. But yeah. I am. If you guys look in our, I was gonna say I, real quick. If yeah. you guys look in our group chat in Discord, there is one good screenshot I got. I got from the game that I enjoyed. Whoa! Put that hose away. Hey! <laughs> I'll have to share that in the Discord. Yeah, that's got, episode I, drops. I, uh, 
I will. might have to go back <laughs> to doing your uh, your famous screens. That go I will the, not uh, say podcast what release. That says it is inappropriate. <laughs> Put that nozzle away, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is, I but, uh, am curious to play it uh, co-op. Also, of course, just to see what tracks for who and what counts for everybody and stuff like that. Yeah, I was curious about that too. And I wonder if everyone gets com- gets credit for completing the job. And I did not look at the achievement list. I just got the initial achievement for finishing the first thing. So I imagine Kush knows more mm. about that kind of stuff. I didn't look. Oh yeah. Okay. So here's here's the thing. After I suffering through that backyard, mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. one, when people hear this and we keep talking about our cleaning our backyards, I'm just gonna it's just gonna drive me nuts. Um, but as I completed <laughs> the backyard, I realized I didn't do. Uh, the achievement associated with that level, which is to clean the stones first. So the walk stones first. Oh, There's 12 the of them. Stones, okay. So you have to clean those first, and then, then you can start cleaning the rest of the backyard, and you'll get an achievement. Oh, no. Just like with the bungalow. It's, in the bungalow, so you have wait. to do the gutters last. So if you didn't so, do that, and, what happened? So if you didn't do that, you can go to the free play mode, do the backyard, just do the stones, then you're good. Uh, so you cannot replay a campaign level. That's why it saves your progress in the level. But it doesn't let you replay a campaign level. You can do campaign levels in free play, which allows you to kind of reset your process, progress on that level only in the free play version of it, not in your campaign version. So they just don't let you set your progress back in campaign. That's what they're doing. So if you miss an achievement in the campaign version of it, you just go to the free play version of it and do it. That's what I did with the backyard. When I discovered that I missed that, I made sure to check as I got to a new level or a new thing, to check the achievements because I didn't want to finish mm. the entire, uh, like the bungalow, for instance, and then realize, oh, I did a gutter like the very first thing, and that has to be like the last thing. And I don't want it to do the entire bungalow again because that does take it took me probably like an hour, two hours, something like that to do the bungalow. Yeah, um, that's so, so yeah. much. Ugh. See, that's annoying. If yeah, stuff all is the visible. all the achievements are like that. They're all like that, where you have to do a specific thing on the on each level, and then there are the achievements of getting you know the big bad power washer or whatever, and all of its and in all of its attachments. You have any questions, Michelle? Yeah, silent observer. No, not not really. I I do think it's always fascinating when a game like this comes along and just sort of captures everyone's attention. And right away, there was an article on True Achievements about how Power Wash Simulator bumped a whole bunch of games off the gameplay chart and all. But I feel like their ability yeah. to hold people is usually not that long. Like, not that people suddenly turn critical, but it's like next year, this time, when people talk about games they played in the last year, one person eventually, be like, you know, didn't Power Wash Simulator came out, come out last year? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty uh-huh. cool for a minute. So... I you know I find that part. It, I think that's kind of how Power Wash Simulator will will eventually be viewed. D- did you say at some point? I'm sorry if I missed it along the conversation. But how many? I don't know if levels is there, but how many like things you have to clean throughout the course of the game? Um, no, I don't think any of us talked about that. I didn't game, even look into that to see how much there was. Yeah. Okay, I mean it's a fine by the amount, achievement right? list. Like, there's probably. Th- 25 30 levels okay i mean that's just looking at the achievement list uh quickly scanning it because there's 40 achievements total and like i said there's a couple of achievements for doing this doing that that's not 
level specific, but then it seems like every level has a level specific uh, a achievement. Level, yeah, a level doesn't mean backyard. A, a level could also be like a dirt bike, and that takes there's an achievement for doing that in three minutes or doing yeah. Okay. yeah. So like you know that one is not a two hour job; that's a three minute job. So it varies. Okay. It definitely seems completable. Almost a thousand people have it done. Uh, most mm. people voted for the forty to fifty range. That's so much. With some in the uh, sixty to eighty, but a lot of people also voted for like twenty to twenty-five or thirty to thirty-five. So, mm-hmm. I think I'd oh, also no. read something. looking around forty. Yeah, I think I'd also read something along the way too, because you know, bearing in mind this is a Game Pass game, right? I. It's only a guess. Yeah. But I would hazard that if it wasn't a Game Pass game, we wouldn't be talking about it this week, right? Absolutely. And 100%. So, yeah. There's no way I would have bought that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no so way I would have bought it. I, I think I saw something this week in passing that the development team, I believe it was for Power Wash Simulator, was actually like, you know, had mentioned like what a great process it was to work with Game Pass and get the game on Game Pass and get it this oh, yeah. kind of exposure. So that's, that's another sort of... N- takeaway that really isn't about the game itself but this whole idea of here's this fairly niche idea something that you know some people are going to try because they're going to try everything or they're chasing a leaderboard but how this made the game explode amongst a particular base of gamers and that the developers experience was so positive and they're sharing that positive experience which hopefully has a trickle-down effect to other things down the line that may be in consideration for a game pass. So all that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And I think I'll wind up trying it at some point. But uh, it's just, I didn't download it or get around to it at this. Uh, if I had thought about it earlier in the week, knowing that you guys had all played it, I probably would have just played it so that we could have just spoken about this solely for the uh, showcase. So I apologize I didn't prepare, guys. Yeah. But um, it just it wasn't on my radar. And, and Kenny, you're definitely the only person i've seen that's been like outright negative oh i know i'm the only one i very much know that i'm the only one but yeah um but speaking to your point of the developers loving the or getting all the uh attention on this there's seventy six thousand tracked gamers on ta for this game yeah and it's a 25 dollar game which i personally don't i will give them credit for what the game is i think i don't think 25 dollars is on on unreasonable price like it's good for what it is i just don't like what it is um but yeah 25 dollars. if this wasn't game pass i would be shocked if it made it into ten thousand tracked gamers mm-hmm. well, like it would <laughs> you know it would got up in there once it, we hit a sale and went down to 10 bucks or whatever but being in game pass it's like yeah sure why not try it Right, not that it's a, a fair comparison because they're different game types, but it looks like the developer uh, Future Lab has released two other games onto Xbox. One is Velocity 2X, and one is Peaky Blinders Mastermind, which I have to admit I, I don't really, I, I haven't heard of them. But both of them have between one and two thousand track gamers, and that's it. So it's it's not like they had this kind of huge pedigree and following from their previous releases. It's just the power of getting the game onto that service. That's crazy. Three games in completely different genres. I played Velocity 2X and it's it's a Mm -hmm. a fun little game, but it's not a power washing sim. That's for sure. And the Peaky Blinders, I believe is like a management kind of XCOM style. 
Yeah, um, strategy, real-time stealth game. Yeah, interesting. That's fun. That's fun to see a, a versatile developer. Wow. Yeah, that's completely different. That's interesting. Yeah, and all three games were published by different publishers as well. One's Curve, one's Sierra, and this is Square Enix Collective, I believe. So they, they're they getting their stuff out there, but this is far and away the biggest success for them. So good for them. They they have figured out how mm-hmm. like just just what a change this can do for the development of their games in the future too because certainly the income stream they have now to develop something further has been changed substantially as well oh 100% um, but, uh, one quick I think one quick thing to note before you move okay. on there's a article on TA about how to play co-op multiplayer so apparently it's a little convoluted that you could there's no matchmaking in the game you could play with friends only and if you're playing via cross Crossplay, you have to use a room code. So that's, ugh. but just found that interesting. They have to be on your friends. I mean, list. I guess that kind of makes sense. Being a smaller developer, maybe just don't have the um, the resources in order to make a matchmaking and get it working properly and all that. Would you want to play this game with strangers? <laughs> yeah, you sit there and let them do it all. Like you're cleaning, and then like some guys over there drawing things on the side of the shed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that'd be well, kind well, of weird. No one writes anything mean about dirt, me. right? <laughs> oh, like you grief. Can only, someone like, take the dirt then, away, right? Then Kenny would like this game, right? <laughs> yeah, <did> grief. <laughs> oh, I would definitely like. Well, throat, I mean, technically, I could. Throat if, grief. If I know you're going for an achievement, I just go clean the thing that you're not supposed to clean, or something like that. Be funny, it was like secret Hitler, and they're like, "There's six power washers, but one has mud in his back." You know that sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> Pretty crazy. That actually does sound more enjoyable. <laughs> Kenny. All right, but yeah, let's continue on um, to another game that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Nate, what game? How did I know playing? you were coming to me? Um, <laughs> I hate Peppa Pig. I had no idea that we were going to take that long on Power Wash Sim because I, I had prepared like a thesis on this amazing game that is my friend Peppa Pig. God. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> we mentioned it earlier. I think L was aghast uh, when he said <laughs> that Maka went out and bought this game ahead of Game Pass just so he could get the guide oh out. Oh, God. And wow, <laughs> man, this is a $40 game, mind you. Um, so, wow. yeah, I'm going to talk about my Ugh, friend Peppa like Pig. like 200 Canadian where he is. Uh, the game time that I had to complete was an hour and 10. And I kind of, I kind of had to do this one area over again. Cause I, I didn't pay attention to the achievements at the beginning. Uh, and man, you should, uh, because this game is not fun. Um, <laughs> if, you're, I told you that. if you're a kid, maybe, uh, <laughs> if you're learning, okay, what does this controller do? Okay. Uh, what does the a button do? Well, guess what kid you're going to get really good at the a button. Because that's all the game is. Uh, <laughs> you're you're going to walk over here, you're going to press the A button, and you're going to press the A button again, some more. And then you're going to go over here and you're going to press the A button and just the A button. So, uh, and then maybe you'll go pick up some sticks using the, the A button. Uh, and then you'll go back and you'll uh, turn them in with the A button. So that's all you do in this game. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of one of those websites that you go to and to, to get like the $5 coupon. And you have to like just go there and like look for the word uh, or the thing that's hidden at the bottom of the page. And you know it's somewhere on this site, but you have to click through the different pages to get to the thing. And uh, that's what it reminded me of. It run, reminded me of like a brochure website. And um, sounds awful. 
Yeah, it was not great. Uh, you could jump in mud, uh, so you can walk up to a jump uh, a mud puddle, and you can uh, press A to jump in the mud puddle. Uh, there's no achievement for that, I don't think. Uh, and you can just keep doing that. So <clears throat> basically, <laughs> you just have to know where to go to get to the next area to do the next little thing that you can't miss because that's all the game is. Um, so I was a little disappointed. I wanted a little more game to this thing, and it's just not there. So, um, so just go in, go in knowing it's going to take you about an hour. I think one of the achievements has a little bit of RNG to it as to when you get invited to go to this one place. But uh, so, you know, it took me an hour and ten, and I was a little sad. I wanted to like it more, but I didn't. So, I mean, since it's Ooh. licensed, it's at, you know, at least a 2.5 out of 5, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm so <laughs> glad. I was tempted. I was tempted to pick this up several times when it was 50% off. And, and at $20 oh to play this game, that's still an incredible ask to ask someone to pay $20 to play this game. So, yeah, Game Pass uh, whew, saved, saved me on that one. You know they got so, a physical edition of this you can go get. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with how, how would you comp- <laughs> Well, how would you <laughs> rank this game against like the Paw Patrol games, right? Cuz now we're getting this little sort of clutch of really f- younger kid friendly games. So how how does this compare to that? Or are they not really comparable in any way other than they're both clearly aimed at a younger demographic? They, they're yeah, it's basically just the same demographic. They're not really comparable in terms of how much of a game is is this. This is, like I said, not really a game so much mm-hmm. as just learning how to use the A button. Uh, Paw Patrol is a little more gamey. Uh, it's platforming, um, but there's some... <laughs> It's ridiculous how much stress I feel playing uh, Paw Patrol because they're, they're like these little vehicle sections to the levels and they're halfway through the level and you have to get every little treat in, in the thing. And if you miss the treat, you have to do the entire level all over again just to get the chance to do that, um, just to get to that area again where, oh man, if I hit that cloud or I hit that thing... Uh, it's going to keep me from getting that one bone I need to get. And now I have to spend 10 minutes getting through this level again. Uh, so <laughs> that's not great, um, obviously. But those games are more of a game, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can let your uh, nephew or niece or whatever, or, you know, not your actual, you know, Cronus, but the physical people. <laughs> you can let them play this game and, and they can get a lot done. But you, you'd have to go do some cleanup for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I would say Paw Patrol is more of a game and it's more fun. Uh, than this Peppa Pig, but you're going to put a lot more time into it than Peppa Pig. So you didn't put your uh, Nora Achievement Factory to work on this one? <laughs> no. Uh, no, her. no. She's well past the age for Peppa Pig. <laughs> I don't think she was really even into it um, at all. Uh, so she never really got into Peppa Pig, which is good. Very lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, that was Peppa Pig. And <laughs> now we got our Last game, uh, Michelle, what have you been playing? Okay, so this has been a fascinating showcase so far, Power Wash and Peppa Pig. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about another stellar title, um, which is Swim Out, which I believe I've talked about before briefly. Uh, but this showed up on both my warboats for this two-week period and is my Better Completions Matter 
random game to complete for the month. So I finally sat down and was like, all right, I'm going to finish Swim Out. Swim Out is huh. one of those puzzle games where if you if somebody took the time to write a text guide, it wouldn't take long. But nobody's taking the time to write a text guide. So if you need a guide, you'd have to follow videos. The achievements are set up uh, in such a way that the game has seven chapters. Throughout those seven chapters, there are 15 levels. Each level's each level has objectives to do. So the achievements are finish the chapter, finish the chapter with all objectives, and then an achievement for getting all the objectives in the game. And I think one for 50, 100, and 150 overall. So it's a really simple, real basic list. Doesn't ask you to do too much. Now, I normally like games like this. And I, I know I've repeated myself multiple times about this. But typically, these games are honestly faster if you actually try to play them and figure it out on your own, at least initially. So you see how the game works because the time you spend referencing back and forth to a YouTube video, especially because if you get one move wrong, you're going to start over from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's it's better for you to just play. So when I played the game initially, I did the first two chapters. I got all the objectives. I did all that on my own. And as you go through, they add little wrinkles. So there, there are occasionally sort of power-ups you pick up. So for example, there's um, flippers you pick up. And if you activate flippers, you move two spaces instead of one. So that's all good. Like that kind of changing things in the gameplay is excellent. I have no problem with that being included. The problem is by the time I hit chapter six, I was done trying to figure this out on my own. Because there are so many times uh, you are a swimmer trying to get from the beginning of whatever area to like the to exit the pool, essentially. And you're blue, and all the other swimmers and effects are red. And if you crash into them or they crash into you, you have to start over. These later levels sometimes, the, the, the other swimmers, they move around. Sometimes they dive, and when they dive, they cause like waves. And if the waves hit you, you're, you, you, have, you stop moving for three turns while everything else moves around you. Some of those later levels, you have to just keep going back and forth, like right, left, right, left, like 20 times to set up all the swimmers where you need them to be so you can finally complete the rest of the level. Dang. And I understand that's the design, but it's poor design because you can't back up one step. If you get hit by anything, you have to play the whole puzzle over again. And I don't remember if I tried to go 17 times back and forth or 20 times back and forth. So I'm just going to have to count again and hope that I get there. And I hit a point at the beginning of chapter six where it's like, I am, I'm done. The hidden levels, you know, Sangria's put up very good videos on it. I recommend if you choose to use a video, stick it on 0.75 speed so that you can keep up with it more easily. And, and it's a very easy game to complete if you do that, because it doesn't ask you to do anything other than complete all these objectives. So first few levels, the first two chapters, three chapters, fine. Just try them on your own. Try them on your own until you get to a point where you feel frustrated. But those those later levels, it's just too much of having to set the puzzle up. The game would be much, much better. Swim Out would be much, much better if there was a rewind one step button or a rewind two steps button. There's no achievement for doing them perfectly. I don't even think there's objectives for doing the levels perfectly, although some are in less than a certain number of moves. Uh, so it's really not hard. I just think the puzzle design in the last couple chapters gets a little bit too obtuse, but it's, a, I think like a four to five hour completion. Um, it, and if you're, if you like puzzle games and things like that, it's, it's, it's not a bad game, but I, I would definitely recommend a strategy guide. Very completable though. And no problem with getting achievements. Everything pops as you'd expect it to. 
I was watching the one clip of this game that's on TA, and it looks like an interesting puzzle game. It looks like it is kind of fun for a few levels, and then it just gets annoying, and you just kind of let it be done with it, which is right. kind of exactly what you said. And that's that's exactly what it is. And, and like I keep saying, if there was anything in the game that allowed you to not restart the whole puzzle, it it would have benefited from that. But it's it just it takes too long in some of those later levels to set up the puzzle or set up the space appropriately, and it stops being fun at that point. It just gets to be tedious, right? Yeah, that I can definitely see being uh, a problem with this game. But you know, if that's the worst thing, like it, it does, it operates exactly how it sets out to operate. So it's not really the worst thing. It it just it's a your mileage may vary kind of deal. Right, just a okay puzzle game. Exactly, four to five hours. So, exactly the it, rating on true achievements for it overall is a two point four, and that's it's like solidly okay. All right, uh, well, that was a game showcase. Uh, let's get into some sales. Uh, let's start with Nate. All right, so there's a lot of stuff on sale right now because there's the summer sale or the Mm -hmm. super sale. I don't know what it starts with that. Uh, And there's a lot of games (laughs) and then there's there's standard weekly stuff. So I'm not sure what came from where, but here's four games for you. Uh, Cartoon Network Battle Crashers. It's $5 down from 20. It is a beat em up. It's more like Castle Crashers than Super Mario Brothers Smash uh, or Super Mario Smash. I thought it was um, I thought it was like Smash, but that is not Cartoon Network. That's the that's a different game it's uh, a nickelodeon uh, it's the nickelodeon game that's like smash uh this cartoon network is more you know just kind of level based going through uh, it looks i did fun. not know that that's yeah, interesting if you like uh, beat em ups uh five bucks pretty good price i think uh next up is cobra kai the karate kid saga continues i've mentioned this before uh, i enjoy the show it is cheesy as all get out uh but it's a guilty pleasure uh it's this game is ten dollars down from 40 this is a beat em up and it was released between seasons two and season three of Cobra Kai. And they're currently on season four is done and they're working on season five. And there's a, there's a sequel to this game coming out too. So it's a tie in and uh, I enjoy it. So uh, next up nerf legends, $10 down from 50. Mm. This is a first person shooter. And Kenny says he loves nerf, but I don't know that he's ever going to play this. Uh, there is no cross gen <laughs> yeah. play. So if you and a buddy pick this up, Make sure that you have the same console, right? If you're playing on X's, Series X's, play on Series X's because that will not work uh, between uh, the series. So watch out for that. It uh, looks like this game can be boosted because uh, the solutions that are there. Uh, there's a thousand tags you have to do. A tag is where you knock somebody out. It takes like two or three hits to knock somebody out. And there's win 200 games online. Uh, and... Like I said, from the solutions I saw, you can boost this, but uh, I have no personal experience with that. And last up, Checkers for Kids. It's $1.89 down from 9 It's in the card and board category. It takes one to two hours, and it's Checkers. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that Nerf Legends is tempting. But it looks too much like Doom. First person oh. shootery. <laughs> like, I want more Nerf, less like. You know, just a first-person shooter. Yeah, I don't know. I have uh, to watch some video on that. I got some sales. Yeah, the video. 
I like the idea of it, but it just wasn't catching me. I'm really hoping it comes to Game Pass. Uh, uh, Big Big L. What would you like to recommend? All right. I haven't seen the uh, Doodle God games come up in quite a while. There's two of them in a collector's bundle, Evolution and Crime City. Uh, for eight ninety nine instead of twenty two forty nine, uh, I like them because you can play them on your computer because the touch screen makes life way easier than using the controller. So I would grab those, easy achievements and fun stuff. And also, I believe today Tony and Clyde got its second update, bringing it to three thousand gamer score. And it just happens to be on sale for five doll hairs. So that will probably make some people very excited. Like Nate. I mean, yeah. Nate bought it at launch. Uh, no, I, I do not. I, I bought it at launch, and my gosh, it's, it was not what I was expecting. I expected Kane and Lynch. Yeah. And he got to. I expected it to be fun, and it was just janky. You, you need to not play right. for achievements, not for fun. Well, let's continue on with Games of Gold and Game Pass news. So just as a reminder, the month is coming to a close. So make make sure to grab, uh, man, I, I forget how to say this, Beast of Maravilla Island. Sure. I think that's how you pronounce that. That is available until the end of the month, so make sure you pick that up. And then also available, just as a reminder, is uh, Relicta. And then on the Xbox 360 side is Torchlight. There's no way it's real like that. <laughs> and Torchlight <laughs> is also, you know, available until the end of the month. So make sure you grab that. As for Game Pass, yeah. though, we got a couple of games. Uh, release, what's today's date? Now it is as Dust Falls, Ashes of the Singularity Escalation on the PC. Watch Dogs 2 on Cloud Console and PC. MotoGP 22, Cloud Console and PC. Torment Tides of Numenera on Cloud and Console. And then Inside is coming July 29th for a Cloud Console and PC. Uh, August 2nd, as a, as a perks, you get the Fall Guys Coconut Milk costume, which... Uh, Cool. August 4th is Turbo Golf Racing. The August 9th is Two Point Campus. I cannot wait for that. August 23rd is Midnight Fight Express. And August 30th is Immortality. Good Pearl Jam song. I, yeah. Yeah. I know as dust falls, uh, we're probably going to be playing that for our Thursday night group. I think, anyway. I'm intrigued by it. The The co-op environment i am too i read something today that said that it's well and it, it's it's a review so obviously reviews are opinions and, and who knows but the review is basically like it's an otherwise mediocre game but the co-op elevates it to a whole other level and i was like oh man that sounds good so i'm looking forward for our thursday group to give it a try and to report back here to see if we feel the same way just it's from it's basically okay. built-in simul play right so you <laughs> do your, your simul play thing <laughs> Uh, in the game and like they want you to do it yeah well i think right like yeah whatever people do it impacts how the narrative is told so 
I, I definitely am one of those folks when I play these games that I almost always just default to picking the quote unquote good path. Um, and, and like, frankly, we'll have a hard time picking the not good paths. And That's so, why I'm here. right. And, and so playing the game with other people who are like, and I'm just going to break his kneecaps. Like, I wouldn't experience the game that way. So it kind of allows the game to be seen uh, through the eyes of everyone in the party. And you get that moment of like, oh, what, you did that? You know, maybe we'll be surprised when Kenny chooses to like save the puppy instead of kick it. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, we will definitely report back. Yeah, I usually play whenever there's a choices. I usually just pick the choice that feels right in the moment. Sometimes it's a chaotic one. Sometimes it's the right one. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, considering it's six people, or or is it eight? Uh, eight. I think it's six people. Is it eight? Know. Okay. Yep. Six or eight, whether one. Uh, eight people. So considering that there's eight people, and I'm going to be able to affect all of your guys' gameplays. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> the griefing Kenny is coming out. We're gonna we're going to be kicking the puppy. So. And assuming everyone is also okay with it, uh, I plan on streaming this game. So yes. follow oh, us on Twitch. <laughs> you can see me kick the puppy on Twitch. Oh, no. <laughs> I really, really hope that's not our choice. Because <laughs> now I feel like I have to. I have to. And I usually want. Yeah, I want your pastor to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch it unfold. Kenny it was such a good. But um, <laughs> what happened? But also, speaking at the end of the month, where we're losing a couple of games and games of gold, we're all losing a couple of Game Pass games: Dodgeball, Academia, Katamari, Damon C Reroll, uh, Lumni's Remastered, Omno, and. Raji and Epic, but that's not really as it's getting a free update to the Enhanced Edition on the 20th. You were uh, trying to kill Michelle, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I, I, like, I'm just listening yes. to this and, and thinking, yes, like, poor Kenny, who who always has to read these Game Pass announcements, they decided this month, for whatever reason, to drop every impossible-to-pronounce game for Kenny. And so it was just a list of, oh, Kenny. So, anyway... That's okay. We're, yeah. we're not going to correct it. These are going to just live on, live on I mean, forever. It's if fine. you're listening to this Man, it on is. the 28th, you should have time to finish Omno. Omno is pretty short. Dodgeball would be kind of a rush with the accessibility on. That's an A6-8 hour. Yeah, that would be believe. a rush. Omno is definitely doable. That was a lot of fun. I will go on record as saying Luminez is not. Uh it's a fifteen to twenty hour completion on TA, but I would I would say even then you you have to be but pretty you would good recommend at the everyone game to get it, it done right? on the short end of that. I mean, I I don't think I'm going to get more out of the game <laughs> than I got already. Like we we looked at this before the game before Luminous went to Game Pass. It was about a five thousand TA game. It got all the way up around like ten thousand five hundred, and it settled at nine thousand seven hundred. I'm totally cool with that being my top ratio game. I don't, I don't need more people to die, but I don't want to be greedy. So, this is it's good where it landed. Did you complete Luminous? Oh yeah, I completed it before it hit Game oh, okay. Pass. So I, I thought got that so. Just the way you said that, I, I was thinking that it wasn't. Yeah, it's, right. That's why I was telling everyone to dive it so she can get more TA out of it. <laughs> no, it. I mean, I, I love the game. I, I absolutely do have loved it forever. Um, and to see 
it go from something like 2,500 tracked gamers to like 25,000 ga- tracked gamers is awesome because that means more people got to experience it and have a, a takeaway from it, you know, whether good or bad. And that that's exciting to me is seeing a game that even in my head is more of a niche title, even though I played it plenty, to know that many more people got to experience it is is awesome. And, you know, the ratio bump was nice, too. Mm-hmm. All right. And... I guess that will take us into our final segment, which is Proclamation Point or Bright Game Now. All right. Well, double dose. It can be both because this is a supersized double dose edition of Bright Camp because we didn't get to bring that to you last week due to the anniversary show. So here are all the names we're going to be listing off. In completions, Matt Cam. Matt Cam 09 and Dino Man 87 have 100 completed games. Fluttery Chicken and e- EMZ Fergie at 150 completed games. Wheezy Fuzz has just passed 200 completed games. The Rock has hit 250 completed games. EL Sock, uh, it's in the game, the has game. hit 300 completed <laughs> games. LA <laughs> Jester at L.A. Jester and Super Bob 49 also join him at 300 completed games. Sincere Seeker 6 at 350 games is joined by Logic Slayer. CGH Carter VL has hit 450 completed games. We have three new entrants into the 650 completed games club. They would be Northern Lass, a Gray Shark, and EOJ. Chewy on Ice hit 900 completed games. And now we get into the real big boy numbers. Red 047 has hit 1,000 completed games. Mental Knight 5, 1,350 completed games. And finally, Lucas 1987 at 2,550 completed games. Crazy. Yeah. That's a in, lot of completions. Whew. In streaks in our 50-day club, we have What the Fug, Ace, K-Battle 73, X the Hero, and Yinga Garden. Uh, Garten, sorry. Uh, in our 200-day club, we have Luke 17,000, uh, Thrash Forever, and Reazer. Uh, in our 250-day club, we have RPG Davy. Then we have Alicia and Chesno with 450 days. We have Dinoman87 with 600, Eldritch SS with 700, Philip Wendell with 800, Sincere Seeker 6 with 850, Waka Pale, and Sniped by a Girl with 3,200 days, Blue Thunder7398 with 3,350, Firehawk D with Three hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, three thousand five hundred. Big L with three thousand five hundred. Then in our year anniversaries, we have Survivalist, ne- uh, yeah, Neo Twenty One, and Wild West 08 with one year. We have El Sock it's in the game with two years, and we have Planting Forty Two with a nine year achievement win streak. That is insane. Many monsters. Congratulations. <laughs> Craziness, y'all. Uh, in gamer score, Death Dealers has hit four hundred thousand. Logic Slayer has hit six hundred thousand, and Awu has hit seven hundred thousand. Come on, Kenny, give it some gusto. Awu, there you go. That's how you do it. That's your thing, not mine. It's okay. Gimmick infringement is fine. In leaderboards. <laughs> Alicia is in the top 500 of the GameScore leaderboard. High Road, the two, is in the top 500 of the TA Difference leaderboard for simulation <laughs> racing. Well, that reminds me, I need to get my racing medals done in July. Ooh. Infamous is in the top 20 of the TA leaderboard for Xbox One Action RPG. 
Luke 17,000 is in the top 500 of the TA Difference Leaderboard for Turn-Based. Mental Knight is in the top 200 of the TA Difference Leaderboard for Sports. Northern Last is in the top 500 of the TA Leaderboard for ID and Xbox. That's a good one. Retro Chief is second in the USA TA Difference Leaderboard for Point and Click. Sir Polygon is third at the Completed Games Leaderboard for On Rails. Slayer Reigning is now number one in the Iowa Gamer Score Leaderboard for Battle Royale. Thrash Forever is now third in the England Completed Games Leaderboard for Card and Board. And ZZ Urban Spaceman, thank you, man, is in the Thanks, top man. 200 of the Games Played Leaderboard. In Braggadocious Brags, uh, both Skeptical Mario and Legohead completed the 360 version of Gears of War. Nice. nice. Yeah, that is a long... Good completion. A long one. And I think I heard that the leaderboard stopped working entirely, so you can't even tell how many kills you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know yep. it doesn't pop on time anyway, but just to get an idea would be nice. That is awful. And there's a contest going on to to get 360 completions over in the AH League. And for whatever reason, the game of choice lately has been Heavy Weapon. Kush, you're going to have to explain this to me, but the last seven people to complete this game have been Wakapale, EOJ, uh, Matism, Isrit, Kushmoose, Ben L72, and Freaky Row. Why this sure. game? So, <laughs> uh, hmm. well, it's a unicorn. Um, um, you get score. You get you get score in this game by completing uh, uh, 360 games that are non backwards compatible, um, that uh, are above a certain ratio, and then if you also have leveled up in previous uh, of these RPG contest thingies events. Uh, on the discord, then you get uh, an even bigger multiplier, but this game is really good because it's non backwards compatible. Uh, <clears throat> it's non BC. So you have to play it on the 360. That's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> so there are other games that are, that are uh, non BC that have to be played on the 360. Yeah. This one's just really convenient because you can play it on the X one, uh, but it's got a really good ratio and uh, it re- had a multiplayer achievement. So uh, we had to get a bunch of people in anyway. So when that came across to everyone's att- intention, then they just went ahead and just knocked out the game. It kind of became a, a little point of pride. It was like, okay, well, yeah, we did this, but you know, this achievement is really hard. You probably can't do it. And then it was just like, oh, pff, I can do that. And then everyone just did it. So, is the survival twelve minute thing That's- multiplayer? Did you do that one together? That we yeah, that we did in multiplayer. I, I think you can probably do it solo, but. Uh, there's an achievement for, for playing, I think, with, in a group of four, three or four. But then also just getting that 12-minute that uh, achievement uh, in survivor mode is much easier with four people. So, And then there was that other thing where you change your resolution on your 360 to make fewer enemies appear or something? I heard something about that. I didn't do that, so I can't, I can't speak to that. Okay. That I had never heard about before, and they said it's not cheating because it was built this way or something. But it's like I have never heard of that. Changing the resolution makes fewer enemies appear. Whoever figured that out, yeah, I think Walker Walker mentioned it. I don't know where he saw that. All right, might be on the the forums for the game. 
well, I am feeling left out. So anyone wants to help Big Al, let me know. I'll trade you a, a Turtles 89 completion. Oh, by the way, I helped uh, NBA Kirkland and Fruit <laughs> finish that game. <clears throat> Toot my own horn there. I guess Michelle helped out too. Yes, of course Michelle helped out. I love helping. I mean, I was present. <laughs> I like helping people. Yeah, in that all game. fairness, that that is definitely your your game to help people with. I'm I'm just there to soak up some enemy you know kills, and now. that's it. You know what you're doing. And I'm excited. Uh, Kalbunga right, collection like got people. a release date now, August thirtieth, something like that, and. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. Cowabunga. All right. Yeah. Wait, hold All on. Right. I have to give oh. Mario his uh, his pun, his due. Uh, someone posted a screenshot today about uh, Turtles games that they acquired. I think it was Noth. And someone said, I can't believe how many Turtles games there are. And Mario said, yeah, there's a real cow abundance of them lately. And it was really mm. good. I thought, oh, it, was really, I thought it was good fun. I That's it was Mario. Mario is is good at that. His brain I, I just <laughs> thinks of puns immediately. Yeah, Kenny's brain just turned off. <laughs> My brain has been turned off, man. It's late. I'm so. All tired. right, bring us home, big boy. <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah. So you can catch us on all the places. Be sure to follow. And subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash age101. Get that free Amazon Primes. Uh, you can send us some Twitter tweets on the Twitter, at Achievements101. Discord, that's the most important one. Discord.io slash age101. You can get in with all these contests, be a part of the community. Everyone hangs out there. Discord is probably the best thing that we've done through this podcasting adventure. Aside from the Patreon, patreon.com slash achievementhunt101. If you are able, we do greatly appreciate those that support us and donate to us to keep this thing afloat and keep it going. And it also helps keep the prizes for all the contests that we do going. And then last but not least, but uh, YouTube, subscribe to us there. Achievement Hunting 101, when we do do live shows or reviews or whatever, they get put up there. Or if you're just one of those oddballs that decides to listen to podcasts on YouTube, you know, I know there's at least four of you out there. You can listen to the podcast there when it goes up. But yeah, with that, class is dismissed. See you all next week. Bye. So long. Welcome back to the Master Raters, where we talk about how we rate our games. I'm Chewy on Ice, and I am once again joined by Matrock Michelle. Hello. And Volga Latin Devon. I give it a five out of seven. Seven? <sighs> now, this is episode three of the Master Raters, but we're not talking about three-star games, confusingly. We're talking about our 1.5 games. Yes, we started at the very bottom, 0.5, the aggressively bad, obnoxiously bad. Then we moved into the one-star games, which were just pretty damn bad. 
and now we're moving into 1.5. So what does 1.5 mean? Now, uh, I think when we even started to talk about 1, we, we started talking about splitting hairs uh, and what the difference is between a 0.5 and a 1 and 1.5. But what does 1.5 mean to you guys? Well, I'll just jump right in. To me, a 1.5 will have less overall flaws than a 1, but will still be fairly flawed overall. So you're saying it's better than a 1, but not quite as good as a 2. As a 2, yes. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, It's not a girl, not yet a woman, kind of in that Mm -hmm. in-between phase. Yeah. I always find it quite difficult to decide if I'm going to go for a number one or go for a number two. You might want to talk to your doctor about that. (laughs) So going for a number 1.5 seems like it's a a good choice sometimes. Especially if you have a cloaca. Mm -hmm. I don't know Wookiee Anatomy, though. Anyway, (laughs) a 1.5 will have, will still, I think, overall be negative. I won't be, you know, overall, I would not recommend it to people. But it will have less of the deep flaws that like a 0.5 will be flawed all the way around. But maybe in a 1.5, you'll have a a lot more like, well, they attempted it. It was bad, but they attempted it. I think of like a pit of darkness, like an abyss. So so like a 0.5 is like the, the bottom of the abyss. It's like there is no hope. There is no escape. And a one is is way down there as well. But maybe with a 1.5, there's a glimmer. Just a tiny, a tiny sliver of light that says there's hope, but ultimately <laughs> you're still in the abyss. I, I, I found so, and we're going to get into this in just a moment. But I don't rate a whole bunch of games very low, um, and we've talked about our own philosophies about why we rate things generally the way we do. But I noticed in the one point five games I did rate at that level that the deciding factor for me seemed to be how much, how far short they fell of my expectation for the game. So it was more of like, this could have been a two, maybe even a 2.5. But so like structurally, the game maybe was fine or whatever else. But because reviews are subjective, these were games where when I went into them, I expected something and they missed the mark by a whole lot which really doesn't match what you guys are talking about, but that's that's where it seems to have landed for me. Well, see, now you've teased you've teased us with this this little this little nugget that says you've got a specific thing for the, your games, and I, I feel like you need to just go straight in there and tell us what, what games you're talking about. All right. Um, well, before I do that, I just want to... I know, Devin, you were about to give another thought there, so I don't want to tramp on your thought and leave it no, behind. No, more so thoughts. No I'm more thoughts. I was just gonna. I was gonna make a joke uh, that a one point five to me is a hungry man dinner when you're very very drunk. It may be good at the time, but overall, it's not a good thing. None of the things surrounding it was good. You know, drunk food. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. and that's completely valid. Uh, but again, personal scale that actually does not match the reason why I gave the one point fives. None of these approaches are inherently better than the other. It just, I guess, was my my method. So I will jump in and talk about my one point fives. I only gave two games a 1.5. And just a little peek behind the curtain here real quick. Chewy, thank you so much for all the work you do actually pulling out this data for us. This would be easy enough, I'm sure, for us to find on our own. But thank you for taking the time and making sure it's all there and ready for us. So we're prepared to speak. Sorry. You're the real MVP. <laughs> My two 1.5 games are Totally Reliable Delivery Service and Artful Escape. Ooh. 
But yeah. those are like, well, one of those is maybe a proper game. So I think totally reliable delivery service is something you're more likely to find people rate 1.5 or even lower because there's a lot about it. And you've both played it or been carried through it, know enough about it, right? To Completed it. Yeah. Yeah. Completed it, mate. Yeah. I don't. Did I complete it? I, they added that DLC and I honestly don't remember if I, I don't think. No, I haven't done that yet where somebody else can own it and help you pick up the stuff in it. Yes. Yes. When Totally Reliable Delivery Service first came out, the idea in my head, based on kind of the way it looked and what people were saying is, oh, this is kind of like Human Fall Flat. Hmm. Because it's got that sort of gummy mechanic kind of thing where you grab onto things and left bumper or left trigger controls one arm and right trigger Mm -hmm. controls the other and all this. Yeah. But it is... Drunk drunk physics, broken physics. Okay, Copy right. physics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what's that other game that's out on Game Pass that has something similar? It's uh, not Fall it's Manual, Guys. Manual Samuel has it. Um, no, Gang Beasts. Gang has Beasts. It. Gang Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. Octodad. Octodad has it. Uh, to to a lesser degree, I guess Freddy Spaghetti has it too. There's, kind there's quite of, a few that kind are kind of, of like. But Freddy Spaghetti doesn't have like a grabbing mechanic the way that no, Human Fall no. Flat and TRDS do, and I think. That's it's it's not it's not good. It's very janky. If you've played Totally mm. Reliable Delivery Service, that's probably like the the game that picture would be next to the word janky. It's it's very janky. Things just don't seem to work, and the the physics of the game is odd. Unless you're Waka, who's just really good at everything. But it just fell so short of my expectation because when people talked about it initially, and it's my fault for being a serial skimmer, it's like oh well, it kind of plays like Human Fall Flat. Human Fall yeah. Flat's good at what it does. It's, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It, 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 you're you're a hundred percent correct there mm-hmm. because Human Fall Flat is a a kind of floppy, broken physics game, but it does it so well. Like it knows exactly what it's trying to do, and it does it well. Like I can imagine people playing Human Fall Flat initially and thinking this is broken, but then when you you realize you actually it's a really refined and very clever system that they've created. Total reliable delivery service is definitely not that it's a lot closer to a, a goat simulator in its right. Uh, right. refinement of the physics like it's it's broken it, level design is a is a big contributor in that there's a lot of thoughtful level design that goes into human fall flat to that have a lot of aha moments where in totally reliable delivery service it feels like you're fighting the game to do the things that you want to do and you don't have any aha moments it's more like a, oh god thank you it's done i never have to do this again in my life right yeah, right definitely. and and for context human fall flat is a 4.5 game for me it's very close to perfect i and it's for exactly the reasons you've touched on where it's it's designed in a way that feels broken but it is it is exactly what it is meant to be and just as Devin pointed out, the level design is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so clever because you can look at the levels and figure out other ways. To, and I'm not good at that stuff, like swinging on the walls to shortcut things. I'm not good at any of that. But I know it's there and people can do that successfully. And I don't need to know how to do that to play the game. And it's something you can replicate. That's great. Mm-hmm. So when somebody goes, eh, it's kind of like a you know great value version of Human Fall Flat. I'm thinking like, all right mediocre this game doesn't quite raise the level of mediocre even um (laughs) so yeah totally reliable delivery services again 1.5 game for me i think it's partially because that disappointment but i think even looking at it not from that angle it's just kind of broken 
in a lot of ways. And like you said, Devin, there's really no level design. It's just one static world that you interact within. So it's it's just a not very good human fall flat. Do you want to know something really controversial? Uh, sure. I rated Total Reliable Delivery Service as a, as a four. Really? And I think I must have been a little bit drunk or maybe a bit high <laughs> uh, because I'm completely with you on every aspect of this. And I think maybe that what made me think that it was better than it actually was, was the, the, the fun I had along the way, uh, which was that I did it with my group, you know, my friend group, uh, Lego Head and Useless Fat Dog. And we had a, we had a fun time doing it. But it, like you say, Devon, it was fighting against the game as opposed to playing kind of with it and working with it. So, you know what, I'm going to rate it down. Uh, Ooh. Because... Uh, it's not a four. It's definitely not a four. I gave it a two for those of you keeping keeping track at home. For me, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rate it down to a three because I still enjoyed the time I had with it because of the social aspect and the fun I had with my friends. But I agree 100% with everything you're saying in that the game itself is a low-budget, unrefined, unpolished Human Fall Flat. And if you want to play a game like that, just play Human Fall Flat. They're both on Game Pass, so like, why would you? I, I get where you're coming from, because before I ever played Totally Reliable Delivery Service, I watched a stream of it. I, I don't remember everybody that was in the stream. I think I might have participated a little bit, but I left early. But I remember for sure that Corey and Kenny were a part of it. And I think it might have been Nate and Al. I think it might have just been the panel at the time. And there was some quest they had to do. And, and I don't know, I think Kenny, Corey wound up piloting some kind of jet plane and Kenny wound up outside of it, holding the jet plane and holding a missile. And it was hysterical. It was just, it was funny to watch. Yeah. And I think seeing that sort of like joy and laughter and all this other stuff and then going in and playing the game and being like, oh, it really doesn't mm. actually play very well. Yeah, yeah. Those those moments do come, but they are rare, and actually, most of the time is frustration. And then occasionally, you get those moments where you're like, "Ah, that's funny." But uh, unlike Human Fall Flat, where I feel like the majority of the time you could be having, you could be creating those hilarious. You know, I I I like playing Human Fall Flat in a way which is a little bit uh, a bit trolley, a little bit ruining (laughs) uh, for everybody. You know, grabbing people and pulling them off the ledges, and you know trying to ruin everyone's puzzles for the lols uh, but you but you can create those moments very easily and you can have a lot of fun with it uh in human fall flat but in 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 totally reliable it's uh it's rare that you actually have those times where you go yay ha, that was great and most right. of it is oh oh i'm trying oh. to fly this helicopter oh it's flown into a mountain oh it's flown <laughs> into a building i think to that point it is um kind of a streamer bait game would be what i'd call it like goat sim Mm. uh, where it's designed to get you for like an hour or two for a streamer to play it and they have their laughs but for our purposes for achievement hunting purposes the things that are fun for an hour and a few laughs uh, they don't have any staying power yeah i think that's a good point and i feel in a lot of ways the difference there's so many differences between human fall flat and totally reliable delivery service. So I know that I keep coming back to that. And I just want to be clear that it's not really a fair comparison because they are just in, in terms of how they actually deliver the final product so different. But the difference to me is when I go into human fall flat now, 
I, I appreciate so much so many people in the community, especially Waka, but others as well. I think Chip sometimes and even like Devin, you may as well or, or Heizo, who are willing to carry the community through the new levels. I don't want to be carried through them. I, I want to actually play the game. The game is enjoyable. It's good. If I get stuck on something, I don't mind calling out for help. The last um, the last DLC that was released for Human Fall Flat, Devin and Heizo and I played it together. But it wasn't a carry. Everybody was working through it. Totally reliable delivery service. If anything else comes out for that, I'm just going to wait till Waka puts out a ping that he's carrying people, and I will sit there at the beginning. I will stay and party (laughs) so that I'm not being there at all. But I don't feel bad at all about not actually playing the game and participating in getting to the achievement that I need. If we're all done talking about totally reliable delivery service, and it sounds like we are. Mm. uh, Again, my other 1.5 was the Artful Escape. And I think this one actually is even more in that vein of like, I was just really disappointed by it, like super disappointed by it. Did either of you get to play Artful Escape? So it's on my wish list. And I think it's on my to dive list next month. And, you know, I have heard it intrigued me, like seeing about it because it looked just so psychedelic and interesting and cool. And I like, you know, music and and, and kind of art style and, and all of that stuff really stood out to me. But, but I've heard, obviously, I've heard some of the things you've said and what you're about to say, but I've heard a few other people also say, actually, you know what, didn't meet those expectations. So I'm interested to know kind of what your take is. Yeah, the little I've played of it, because uh, I dove it, unsurprisingly, uh, as part of my extra life stuff, but it seemed like a game that was really high on like the story and the visuals. And if you're not a fan of either of those things, it, it's not going to be something that appeals to you overall is my impression of it. So I I actually had a different takeaway when I saw whatever media I saw before I played it. And that's that it's kind of couched as this musical adventure. And I love music games. And the game is not a musical adventure. It's a game where music is a component of it. And there are sort of like not failable, quick timey kind of parts that involve music. But if I hear music game, I'm thinking rhythm action or beat match. I, I certainly understand and don't expect at this point plastic guitars. But there was none of that in this game. And then there was some sort of like oxen free esque like you can choose from one of three potential answers. And it affects nothing. At least nothing that I saw or nothing that was significant. And so I went in and, and that's on me. Like I went in and again, I really hooked on the word musical, right? Like Devin, you're talking about narrative and, and that's the correct way to go into Artful Escape because it's really more about that. It's a very artsy sort of, like you said, uh, Chewy, very like psychedelic kind of trippy story. It just did nothing for me. And I didn't think that the music part of it was front and center because it is in terms of the narrative. The main character is the, I think, nephew of of this famous musician and he's about to play his first show but his musician uncle was like this famous folk singer and he's not really a folk singer and it's kind of his his journey of discovery about his music and who he is and i think if that's the description i had i would have uh. i probably it, it wouldn't be a favorite game of mine the gameplay is very non-existent it's it's very much stroll playing game sort of thing in a sort of there's a part of it that reminds me again sort of the oxen free kind of thing where you're walking on a 2d platform uh, or 2d um, screen and you go from point a to point b and you talk to the people that are around and you occasionally have choices to make there's no platforming there's no action i just 
the game missed the mark for me and I didn't even like the story. Like it it just it did nothing for me. But it is visually well done. It controls and does what it is intended to do. So it's not a point five. I didn't like the game. Mm. Because again, it just didn't hit the right notes for me, her her. Huh. It's a really interesting point you make and it's making me think about this because it's it's that kind of bleed over between especially now where increasingly we see narrative games with very minimal gameplay visual novels adventure Mm -hmm. games you know walking sims whatever you want to call them and thematic and narrative genres versus gameplay and mechanical genres a lot of the naming and the words that we use cross over between those things so if you read this is a music game or a musical game or a game based around music immediately if you're thinking in terms of gameplay you're going to think that's a music rhythm type game but you know the game may have none of that it's just literally just describing the thrust of the narrative and the fact that you know there's there's music in it correct 100% uh, in the same way you know in the same way that horror you know people there are so many horror games out there especially now which are basically just walking sims and adventure mm-hmm. games but then there's also survival horror as a genre and right. you might buy a horror game thinking i'm going to be playing the next resident evil but ultimately it's just a walking simulator and you go oh, that's not a that's not a horror game <laughs> that's that, not, right that's there's a big <laughs> difference between layers of fear and silent hill but they'll yeah. both yeah. be horror games. But they play completely differently. They affect you in different ways. Uh, and and depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking for when you hear a horror yeah. game, you're 100% correct in terms of how that impacts things. If you saw a game that was very pr- being promoted very strongly as like a war game, right? And it had loads of pictures of guys with guns and it was set in World War Two, and, you know, it looked to all intents and purposes like a shooter. You might go in there thinking this is a, a shooter but then you might be really disappointed to come away and find out that actually it's just a visual novel <laughs> right? right like yeah. it's in the same way it's interesting are you aware of the anchoring effect uh, or the term the anchoring effect i i am not uh, it's this idea that whatever people tell you might color your your impression of mm-hmm. a thing so if i tell mm-hmm. you like oh you might want to watch this show it's really good you'd have a different impression of the tv show or like this is terrible you might have a different impression of the thing after I tell you it. It's sure. In, in broad strokes, uh, that that's uh, what seems to be what kind of is happening there. Like you had an impression that because they said music, it was a music game, right? And and it had that kind of anchoring effect. Uh, yeah, I mean, to nobody it. told me it was good or bad. To be fair, like n- nobody gave me their impression, but I understand what you're saying and how it applies here. You just kind of create an anchor in your mind, though, to a topic. And when it doesn't hit that same kind of mm-hmm. land or match up with, to that, it can cause problems. It's more similar. And, and what you're saying completely makes sense and, and um, applies. But I, I told someone else once that the game, to me, felt like if you go to a restaurant and you order an iced tea and they bring you a Diet Coke and you drink it without thinking, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with Diet Coke. I like Diet Coke, but I was expecting iced tea. And that's very much how the experience was to me. And I think even not having that, I had this thought too. I, I, right before we recorded today, I was playing a memoir blue, which is, uh, have I, are you guys familiar with this or have you played it, dabbled in it at all? Uh, just what I've heard from Koosh. Yeah, no. Okay. So it it is another um, more narrative based, like there's not a whole lot of gameplay. You kind of point and, and 
you know, interact with some things and that kind of moves the game along. And as we were going to be recording this in another hour, and I was thinking to myself about how like, there's in some ways to me, I'm like, I wonder if this is just my 1.5 threshold. I know the game isn't bad. It's for what it is attempting to do. It is fine. It just does nothing for me. So even removing that sense of like, I was disappointed in Artful Escape because it wasn't this music game I was expecting it to be. Unless the narrative is really good and for me, because again, subjective, right? I just don't, I don't get these games. So there's nothing fundamentally wrong with them. I just don't understand them. Like Oxenfree, I wound up loving, but it took me like four restarts to finally get through the first hour to really get into where the narrative begins. I never hit that point with Artful Escape. I kept waiting for it to get to that point where I'm like, maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe I just haven't had the aha moment yet that really puts this together for me. It just never happened. And so I, I think you're right, Devin. I think that this was a game that probably started at like a max of a three for me and could not have gone past there, even if it was like the best game ever. But it just, it never turned a corner and wasn't what I was expecting. So it kind of settled at that 1.5. Well, there you have it. I think uh, that is very succinctly put. I mean, I think I'll probably still give it a try. I think you should. And that's, I wouldn't tell people not to. Yeah. Because what it's designed to be, I think it, it does... It does at least at a passable level. It is not unplayable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't crash or glitch or any of that stuff. It does, again, still have a nice aesthetic to it. And if you're in, more interested in that sort of aesthetic, or maybe you're more into the actual music of things, and you've had an experience as a musician where you've been trying to find your way, it may speak to you. It may be a, a top-level game for you. It just it wasn't for me. So I definitely encourage you to try it and form your own opinion on it and see where it lands for you. Fantastic. Uh, Okay, Uh, moving on. I think I am going to talk about my 1.5s. And to start with, I'm going to talk about a game which, on reflection, after seeing it in my list, I possibly even may put it lower if I had the opportunity to re-review, but we're sticking with it. Uh, And that is a game... Which is in a genre I'm not usually quite familiar with. You know, it's not a it's not a genre I normally play. I don't know equestrian sports. Uh, is that something that you guys uh, are particularly into? I'm more into bull sports. Mm, bull sports, yeah, infamous, infamous yeah. bull sports. Well, there's a few equestrian uh, games out there. I think My Horse and Me is quite a, a notorious one. Unfortunately, I've never been able to get my hands on it. Classic. So instead, I've instead I've had to settle with. Um, one of the pinnacles of the equestrian genre, uh, also I'm led to believe, which is horse racing 2016. Now, do you have to play the other 2015? Uh, uh, to quote Vulgar Latin, yakety schmackety do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, there's not a huge amount to say about horse racing to 2016. It is a very, very cheap, very, very ugly, very, very basic horse racing game uh, you literally play a bunch of races you mash i think you have to from what from memory if memory serves you have a kind of a um what would you call like a launch out of the gates for for a horse like that initial oh. like firing you know like, starting gun kind of situation right when they get out of the gates i think that's you get the out phrase. of the gates yeah, yeah whatever that whatever that is that happens uh i think there's a timing aspect to that in order to get a good launch you know you have to hit a button at a specific 
time. And then I think it's literally just a case of mashing buttons until you win the race. And if you have a bad uh, a bad launch, a bad get out the gates, then you're probably not going to do great. But if you get that timing down, then you just mash it, mash buttons and you win. And that's pretty much it all the way through. There is really little to redeem it. It's very clearly made by one person or or half a person, maybe. Um, (laughs) You don't know how tall they are. (laughs) (laughs) It's not broken. I'm not sure why it's a 1.5 for me and not a 1. Maybe because it's uh, a bit different, you know? It's... You don't see too many horse racing games on the on the Xbox, so you know they tried. They that's my little glimmer. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 a horse game that's different. Or maybe it is because <laughs> it's a it's a silly thing, but all of the other races in the game, when you finish and you see everyone's placements, are named as characters from the show Lost. Oh, so really? literally, literally, <laughs> you you finish the game, and oh, there's Jack, there's Sawyer, there's Locke. So maybe I rated it a bit more highly because I thought, you know what, you know, great, you had a, you had a you had a fun idea, and you and you put it in the game. Chewie, I wish you were one of my professors when I went to school. I love your rating systems. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't touch on it at all when discussing 1.5s, actually, because it didn't really enter into it for me. But do you think... Uh, now, it's it's a relatively easy 1,000, correct? It's one of the easier gamer score games. Do you think that yes. the fact that it's easier gamer score is also something that may have made you bump it to a 1.5? At least the stay wasn't long, even if it wasn't great. Uh, possibly, because I am fairly generous with my ratings. And most, most kind of rats and zits actually usually sit in the 2 and 2.5 mark. Mm. Um so actually this falls actually below your kind of standard rats for me at least so um yeah possibly that could have had an impact but i think i'm literally going to say that i gave it the extra 0.5 because of lost and that's all (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've i haven't played enough to give it a proper rating uh just a few races just to get a couple of achievements one two or three achievements something like that and uh I cannot imagine this would this honestly feels like a 0.5 game to me <laughs> to be honest with you it just feels overly uh, it's ugly and not very fun <laughs> it yeah it really yeah. isn't I, I just looked on uh true achievements Devin and it looks like you just have the achievement for completing the first race which doesn't mean yeah. you didn't play a couple more but that's all you did was was uh, get that one achievement probably as part of your uh was that part of your bean dive for? Sure for was. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, I I had played enough, even though it is easy. I just I didn't even like the one that I did. I don't know. And there is really not much to this game, and and for them to charge what it's eight pounds or what is it in dollars? It's ten dollars mm-hmm. for for what it is. That's that's really asking quite a lot. And I suppose it's not even something where you can view it through 2016 lenses, right? Because sometimes there are games no. like um, like Battle Los Angeles, which isn't great. It was an Xbox Live Arcade game. But it was a movie tie-in. I, I don't remember if it was free or very inexpensive. So even though it wasn't great, it was also like 2008 or nine or something like that. But this doesn't even get that excuse, right? No. Like it's, it's already 2016. We're already well into Xbox One. Yeah. It's and so some of my favorite indie games on the Xbox One are from that kind of era, that kind of fairly mm-hmm. early Xbox One era where there were some really, when they first got some idea Xbox games on the on the platform and it felt like they were trying to, you know, get quality in there. 
there's some really great games around that time. So this is definitely not one of them. Yeah, I, I just got because I'm I'm on uh, was checking Devin's progress in the game, and I'm seeing the top review snippet on TA. And it says, easy 1000, but probably the worst game in Xbox consoles history. Well, that's not true anymore. I, I don't think, right. And this was a review <laughs> written in 2018. So some other horrible things have come out. And clearly, this is someone who felt more strongly about it being awful than you did. But it does not seem to be, it, it's got a 1.4 overall. So 1.5 is just about where it lands generally in the Xbox landscape. Uh, that reviewer went on to say, one does not know where to start to describe this monstrosity, this excuse of a game, this disgrace to the name of anyone called game designer. Woof. Yeah. I can see the feeling there. But 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 Lost, they put Lost characters in. So, you know, <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it just shows you about how subjective reviewing is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 a gut feel at the time you know i i maybe just wasn't really thinking straight you know uh that my other 1.5 is is from an earlier time and an earlier point in history which is one of the more kind of notorious bad indie games from the xbox 360 so you know xbla had loads of very interesting very cool games come out and also a lot of, you know, okay games. Mm-hmm. But there was a few that kind of stood out and people remember as being quite bad. There were actually not that many of them, relatively speaking, when we compare, you know, how many we get these days. And one of the ones that people would often refer to was a horror game called Amy. And Amy is one of the few exceptions where I've actually rated a game without having finished it because I felt so strongly about it that I felt like I had to stick that star rating on it, even though I hadn't, you know, got to the finish line on the game. Generally speaking, I'll rate a game once I've completed the story or whatever the equivalent is. And in this case, I got to chapter two of five (laughs) and went, you know what? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, It's a survival horror game in which, so, so, um, when they do like polls of like what are your least favorite game mechanics when you're playing games or like level designs or whatever and you get things like underwater levels as being quite a high one one of the ones that frequently comes up is escort missions okay mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and you know even in the best games even the best triple a games they're like the worst levels are sometimes the escort mission levels um imagine a really really bad game and also, the entire game is an escort mission. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. boy. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's you and this young girl who I think is maybe autistic in the game, which I feel like was what they were using as an excuse for how terrible the AI is in the game. <laughs> like, so, you know, how terrible escort missions are when you're trying to go through an area and then they don't follow you or they you know they, you know they go off and do their own thing or like you're okay but somehow they've got into trouble and you're constantly having to worry about that in this case that is that entire game uh you're it's like a typical fairly um generic oh zombies have taken over the world or whatever scenario and you're in a i think an underground like train station where you're dealing with these zombie creatures and also military folks 
and you're having to escort this you know autistic girl through i don't know tunnels and stuff <laughs> um <laughs> puzzles you know and the combat is really terrible and it's dark and it's ugly and it's just very 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 poor it gets a little bit maybe more than a one or a 0.5 for me because you know it makes a stab at, at, at atmosphere and tension and something, you know, a story something. of some sort. Like, it, it tries to do something. It just does it very, very, very badly. Yeah, like, if I remember correctly, um, right, the, the general premise is that there's some kind of infection in the main character who is Amy, I think. Or no. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. And, and yeah. The, the little girl that you're walking around with and that you're escorting somehow either knows the cure or has access to the cure or something. Uh, and I remember because I was like intrigued vaguely by the game when it came out, but then once or when it was announced, but when it was released, it, it had something like a 20 average on Metacritic. And that was enough for me to go, okay, you know, I, I don't usually pay too much attention, but that that was bad. And then maybe six months after the game came out, the developer did release a pretty extensive patch trying to fix some of these things. But I think it had just mm -hmm. been so far... Yeah. down the well at that point that it just it never had a chance to mm -hmm. and i don't even know that it, clearly you pay, played it in a post-patch environment i would imagine um and, two so it released in 2012 and i right. played it in 2014 yeah so i think the patch patched. came out yeah. later that year so it wasn't wasn't that they came back to it two years later they mm -hmm. they did set right to work developing a patch after the release and after the release was so poorly received yeah. But it just doesn't seem to have done and, much for uh, it. Uh, hydrophobia uh, is another one which Ugh. had a very, very similar story. It was it was released and then <laughs> very badly received. And then mm -hmm. uh, sometime later they patched it to make it more tolerable. And it, it's, it's just really interesting because those XBLA games, because there was fewer of them, the fact that there was these terrible ones kind of made the news and it was kind of a big deal. Um, but I can't imagine nowadays somebody pointing at an Xbox One idea Xbox game and going, look at this terrible game and making a big deal about it on the front page of, you know, GameSpot or IGN or something like that, because <laughs> there are so many it of was, them. It's just like, well, right. It was yeah, so duh. different then though, right? Like XBLA games would release once a week on Tuesday or Friday, whatever day it was. And initially you'd get maybe one and eventually you'd get two some weeks and there were so many hoops that teams had to jump through to release games onto the surf service. And then even that was the big um, falling out. I want to say like the Fez developer had with Xbox, like apparently it was very expensive to even patch a game. Yeah, so if your game yeah, came out broken, yeah. Yeah. you had to pay all this money to be able to try to get your game up to a better level or to fix a game breaking bug. So it was just that's exactly the reason why the games generally had a higher quality. If you were going to release a game onto Xbox Live Arcade at that time, you needed to do it as close to right the first time. Because you just probably, if you were a smaller developer, didn't have the resources to give it another chance. So it, it was its own form of quality control. And that's a whole other discussion about, like, on one hand, it's amazing we have all these games on the Xbox One, but you're 100% right. There's a lot of not great stuff on there because there really is no quality control anymore. It's just sort of like, oh, is it a game? Cool. Go ahead and release <laughs> yeah. it onto the marketplace. Definitely. They opened the floodgates. They did. They really did. 
Um, and Amy, so Amy is one of those games where I keep thinking, well, maybe I'll go back to it on like the Halloween. We do a horror month, you know, in AH 101 in October. Maybe I'll go back to it one day. And then it's just always like pushed down to the bottom of the list because it's just like, no, there are, there are far better games mm-hmm. out there for my time and effort. Also, it's not backwards compatible. So, no. you know, it's, it's a chore to, to get set up. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my one point five, which um, isn't great, um, uh, and uh, you know, I could very easily rate both of those, horse racing and Amy, as ones, uh, but something, just something about them, made me lean towards a one point five. Devon, what did you decide deserved the lowly rating? So when we got our lists here, when Chewy uh, pulled that for us. There were not a lot for me as compared to ones and point fives. Uh, comparatively, like one point five is, is not one that I give a lot to. But the one that stood out for me the most was Fumiko, and I, I'm going to pronounce it that way because it has an exclamation mark at the end. It is a platformer with a. I suppose it's a story about the distant future and an AI. There's a lot of problems with that game. The jumping feels floaty. The exploration is off. It can be confusing and ugly and kind of terrible to explore around. There's a lot of dead ends that go nowhere and do nothing except to go to the plot. And the plot's clearly written by someone who does not speak English very well, so it doesn't really flow all that great. It doesn't make a lot of sense, so I have to like kind of piece it together. But it does work. It just doesn't feel great to play. And though the story isn't good, there is an attempt, or at least more of an attempt. You just have to kind of dig through to find it. And it is a 3D graphics game that has... It is memorable. It's bad. But it is different. (laughs) It, It is different in that it's a 3D game, which we don't get a lot of those with a very visually striking sort of art style, but uh, I was a struggle to play through it. It came up on my RTDL. Uh, once I had started it, I was like, this is an e- this looks like an easy game to get all the points in. That's what I'm going to do. And I started it and I start like got a few achievements and I was like, this was a mistake. And it went back <laughs> to my list until this year when I pulled it back out and completed it for RTDL and confirmed that I hated it. <laughs> So uh, you're like, aren't you like you're inside a computer or something like that, aren't you? Yes, like, you're it's, it's an all AI. Like yeah. AI, and the whole world is like generated. So it's... I don't know if you played uh, Recompile. Um, that is on Game Pass, and I played Recompile a couple of months ago uh, for BCM and quite enjoyed it. But it, it reminded me of uh, Fumiko, but but then but a lot better probably like a lot more fully realized and a lot kind of tighter it has that same kind of look to it where everything is kind of it's like pixel but not pixel kind of everything yeah. is blocky and kind of mon- mon- not monochrome but like one color kind of glowy I got the Fumiko, at least I kind of saw it as an art style because it seemed like they were going off of the have you ever played like the Hypnospace Outlaw 
where it has like mm. the aesthetic of the 1990s internet. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, it's like when you're watching a, a movie in the like 90s hackers. and they, yeah, like they like go into the computer and it's like, or like Tron even, or yeah. um, Lawnmower Man when he's like inside the virtual reality. It's like got that kind of vibe to it, definitely. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's another reason why it kind of jumped it up. It It's not good, but they tried it. I didn't like it, but I have to at least give them that they made an attempt, which is better than most <laughs> that I yeah, play. <laughs> very unfamiliar with this game. Uh, you know, looking real quickly, it looks like, you know, Fumiko is made by Fumiko Game Studio, who only made one game. So I guess this was like what they were putting out there to, to try to start their development history. And it, it just ended there. It's, it's only tracked by 350 people on True Achievement. So it didn't really gain a whole lot of ground uh, i mean I, what does it say about you as a developer if you're like we're going to start a development studio and we're going to make a game and we're going to name our development studio the name of the game <laughs> because that's kind of saying we're only ever going to make this one game like team Wait, sonic we're going to end now <laughs> or team ninja yeah they, do, well, they do that in japan quite a bit team like team sonic is a it's just lazy or sonic team the first impressions video of the game that's on true achievements says it's a puzzle platformer but i see it's listed as straight platformer are there puzzle elements or is it is it really just a platforming game if trying to figure out where you're supposed to go and why is a puzzle Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's but the not, but not like in a not like in a Metroid. It's not like no. in a Metroidvania kind of way, is it? Like if well, and that's recompile, right? Recompile. Yeah. Is, Met- recompile yeah, is, yeah. A, is a is that's the Vayner one. Well, this it was. I think yeah. it got removed. Recently, oh, did it? Yes. Oh, mm. wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But I think because those, of the because of the whole backtracking or, or lack thereof, you know. Uh, those Vayner people, and they're like metalheads and. And they're with their genre protection. The gates are all but, but Fumiko Fumiko is levels, isn't it? It's not it's not open world. Right? No well, yeah, it's different levels and the levels might be sparse and sprawling, but they have different platforms mm-hmm. and things that you might have to go to. It all looks the same and blocky and ugly, like some of the color schemes. It's aesthetic. I get the aesthetic. I get what they're going for, but that doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> like I understand why. It is curious to me how we have all these things like what you both have mentioned that deal with like now you're inside the computer and why like we see the outside of the computers things look pretty beautiful and why there's this sense that everything in the computer has to be wireframe and kind of glitchy and problematic when they design these things like it it there's a very specific aesthetic that goes with the you're inside the computer gaming that we still seem yeah. to be sticking with I blame reboot Oh my gosh! <laughs> so if they made if they made a reboot game, I would be I would be there. I would definitely uh, be there. I would only be there if they uh, came back a little bit later on to fix it. Kind of a reboot, reboot. Oh lord! I think they did reboot, reboot, didn't they? They did reboot, reboot. <laughs> they oh, did. They did. Didn't they make like a live action reboot of reboot? So they rebooted, reboot. Are they going to reboot that? So it's going to be a reboot, reboot, reboot. <laughs> And then they'll reboot it in a game, so it'll be a reboot, 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 reboot. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Um, so. And then they'll upscale it, yeah. so it'll be a rematch. <laughs> yeah. But what's what about the remake? Yeah. There you go. All right. 
So yeah, Fumiko, uh, that sounds like a kind of a classic 1.5, which is, you know, it's it's bad. You think it's pretty bad, but there is that glimmer. There is something there that they at least attempted, even if it doesn't really speak to you, you know, it whatever. didn't hit. I just, they tried, but I don't think it was a joy to play. Like, I can appreciate the effort, and it doesn't feel like the, the 0.5s and the 1s were all bad. Like they were, they made me upset. This also made me upset, but I was like, well, you try. All right, I get where you're going with it, Fumiko, but you just needed a little bit more polish. This would be a good alpha of a game that could eventually become better. I think that's a great phrase, actually. It's related kind of, it kind of touches broadly on everything we've been saying is, is the game enjoyable to play? And I think we're all saying that in different ways about our 1.5s. There's this piece and there's this piece and it could be that, but I didn't enjoy playing it. And, and and that seems to be where we're getting our distinction between our ones and our one point fives because we didn't really enjoy our ones. <laughs> yeah. or, or in my case, they had lost characters in. That brought you the joy. You know, if they would have included a lost reference, one hatch, and that would have bumped it right up to a two. What were the numbers of the horses? Did you pay attention to that? Yeah. Oh man. That would be so, a touch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did notice on your list of 1.5s, obviously it's it's a lot of the same old stuff that we don't tend to talk about. We're not going to go into a lot of detail on, you know, zits and rats and things like that because there are just so many of them. We're trying to be a bit more broad uh, in our in our approach to, to choosing different titles. But one I did notice on there was Dream Break, um, which you put down as a 1.5. And I played Dream Break and I didn't dislike it hugely but i have heard other people say how much they don't like it and i wanted to uh, hear your thoughts um my so the keep in mind i looked at this uh because when you brought it up uh i believe this was 2018 so this is Mm -hmm. over five years ago but what i remember of it is being similar to something like flashback Mm-hmm. Or another yes. world, yes, mm-hmm. but not had, as but good. Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that look and that general like stilted platforming that I'm, yep. uh, not a fan of, and that's most of it. Is I get it, and that's another mm-hmm. one where it's like I get it, I understand what you're doing. I don't like it, but I'm going to give you credit because you tried. And as we get further on, it's going to be like more credit because you tried better. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I seem to remember with Dream Break. I think what made me like it a bit more was there was a kind of a, a vibe about it, kind of this. Again, it's kind of a '90s style sci-fi, a little bit of you know tone. I think the music was pretty good, from what I remember. Mm. They, they they had quite a few references. Like there's a bit where you go to a bar and. I don't know, Marty McFly and, and Doc are, mm-hmm. are sitting at the bar. Yeah. And again, I, I do like a good, I like a reference. Maybe it's the references. Maybe that's if, why if we hang out so much, Chewie. If you stick a reference <laughs> in your game, I'm immediately going to smile. I'm going to like it more because you stuck a reference in. That's that's probably it. I do remember that there is a shooting like space sequence, which is a bit out of character for the rest of the game, which is basically just an, uh, you know, a side-scrolling adventure action kind of platformy thing uh, and then there's a random like space battle shooty bit flying bit where mm. you have to i think there's an achievement for doing it perfectly or or something or it's just annoying maybe um 
which I think maybe people hated. So that could have been another reason why it got downrated. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I'd say I'm fairly consistent with the rest of TA. It's a two point one three. So I'd say that's I'm on the lower end, but mm. that's fairly. I'm not that off, I guess. Well, I think this is a game that is largely played using a walkthrough to That's get what through I did. the achievements. And I think, and and this may be, I did not rate Dream Break. I just don't tend to rate a lot of these sub two hour games. But for me, I think I would have gone a little higher with the two because the story was actually pretty good. It's brief, but I remember mm-hmm. actually being pretty intrigued by what was happening and I don't, I don't know exactly what your experience was, Devin, but I feel like if if I were playing it just with the walkthrough and didn't read anything, that would be the difference between a 1.5 and a 2. Because it's functionally fine, but if all you're doing is mashing through the dialogue so you can get the achievements, then then it's functionally fine and that's it. The story was, was okay. It was brief. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't get mm-hmm. into too much, but it was okay. And that would have been the thing that just crested a little bit above that for me. So I, I, I'm going to guess, but certainly... Tell me if I'm wrong. You didn't really pay attention to the story at all, right? You just kind of motored through to get get the no. Done. And until today, when you guys brought it up, I had completely forgotten everything about Dream Break, mm-hmm. <laughs> which speaks to it in in one way as well. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it was just a dream to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember it having kind of threads of things like Blade Runner and Total Recall and references to those things as well, which right. is some of my kind of favorites. Kind of that kind of pulpy sci-fi kind of vibe so again i was probably a bit more generous because those things are my jam so um i tend Mm -hmm. to i probably tend to rate things that play into those themes and those kind of genres and those styles probably more highly just because i favor them same with horror you know same with horror stuff in general yeah i'm not uh i'm not a big fan of uh of the cyberpunk i like the cyberpunk aesthetic but i'm not a big fan of cyberpunk stories uh, as much so that probably didn't help and uh as much as i said it's worse another world i don't really like another world all that much to begin with either so mm-hmm. it was already sort of at a disadvantage i, I think you only played another world in the context of the anniversary re-release oh no i played the, the og uh, on my oh, did super you? Ni- oh yeah on the yeah like, I, I played I the super nintendo port loved or, it at the time mm-hmm. like i totally like flashback another world like i just enjoyed figuring out the <clears throat> mechanics and you know there, there was one part in another world where you can like walk into the background mm-hmm. and it took me forever to figure that out because you know it, it just didn't strike me um but the me that played that 20 some years ago like that was like revolutionary concept wise so it sticks with me more where this you're right has that same vibe but it doesn't differentiate itself and that's fine so it doesn't really set out to be anything more than sort of an homage to these things, uh, which isn't inherently bad. It just doesn't really do anything special. Mm. Brilliant. Well, um, that's great. Thanks, guys, uh, for sharing your 1.5s and your stories around them. Uh, as with our previous uh, segments, we're going to now dive into what you guys, the community, the patrons and staff of AH101 Uh, rated as their 1.5s or your 1.5s i should say uh, and kind of call out name and shame as much as we can (laughs) Uh, in general though i felt like when i looked through this list it was a little bit less kind of surprising Mm -hmm. with our 0.5s and our ones there were some like shocking triple a highly ranked games that people had said no this is the worst game 
that is, has ever existed. Uh, and it feels like when you kind of move up the scale into kind of that, you know, low but not the lowest range, people don't feel quite as strongly, maybe. So if there's a AAA game that they dislike, you know, it's either mm-hmm. going to be a 3 or it's going to be a 0. 0.5. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, right. 1.5, 2.5s probably don't play into it as much. So a lot of the stuff on there was your typical, you know, zits and rats uh, that we might expect. Koosh rated one leaves as 1.5, which we touched on last time as a one. So that kind of lines up. Things like Ben-Hur showed up, you know, um, stuff of that ilk. But there were a couple of things that maybe were a little bit surprising. One th- one that stood out to me in particular was that um, I noticed that Inigo Montoya rated Sniper Elite 4 as a 1.5. Okay. And I thought, why is that familiar? First of all, that's a bit surprising because Sniper Elite 4 is a, you know, a big, it's a big series. It's a quite a popular series. And why is that familiar to me? And then I remembered, I recalled back that he'd actually rated Sniper Elite 3 as a 0. 0.5. Oh. <laughs> So then I did a search and I searched his game collection for Sniper Elite games and he's played um, basically all of them up to the new one, five. And he'd rated uh, Sniper Elite, including the stacks, <laughs> he'd, and to completion, he'd rated uh, two, Sniper Elite 2 as a 4, then 3 as a 0.5, then 4 as a 1.5. So it feels like he played 2, loved it. And then for whatever reason, which I'd love to hear about, 3 was a complete and utter disappointment to him. So much so. chasing that dragon. Exactly. And then (laughs) then four comes out and he thinks, you know what? Three was terrible. He did the stack of three, uh, but he he thought, I'm going to give four a go. (laughs) Hopefully it's better. And it is better, but only slightly better. (laughs) And four four is a 1.5. So I'd be really interested to hear the story behind that. But also, uh, obviously, five has just come out. So I assume he's going to get back on on the horse and give it another try and, and hopefully five lives up to those expectations of, of two which which he holds in high esteem he also put comic jumper as a 1.5 which i would completely disagree with aside from one or two achievements that are very very stupid uh that game's great i love comic jumper comic jumper is very divisive and i really think for most people it comes down to whether or not you appreciate the twisted pixel sense of humor or can tolerate the twisted pixel sense of humor i liked it i'm with you but i've read a lot of people who who don't like it and it's mostly not for gameplay reasons it's for i just found the characters insufferable or whatever else but i I would be curious to hear about that one too yeah i've played and enjoyed uh the more Gunstringer and to a lesser degree Lococycle. I, I I like what Lococycle is trying to do. I just think it, it doesn't do it very well. So I do enjoy their style, um, but I've never, never, never played Comic Jumper. So oh, it's always one I've, I've wanted. Highly to. recommend it. Yeah. And Splosion Man and Miss Splosion Man. I love those games. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed them all as well. Um I know looking down this list, a couple of the ones that had struck me, uh, was Chip giving We Were Here a 1.5? I was going to mm. say that too. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, I, I think I, we'd have to get Chip's experience. But I think some of that may also be dependent on like how your competent, capable, whatever else your partner is, right? Because if you're playing with someone who really doesn't get it, doesn't understand the gameplay, or is trying to rush you maybe while you're trying... It, that is a game that is so dependent on how well do you communicate with the other person that that could 
impact the game. Uh, and I'm curious if that's the case or if Chip just really didn't like the, the puzzle design or whatever it is. I was also surprised to see, well, not surprised, I guess, but I, I found it interesting to see 12 minutes. Mm. Uh, High Road gave 12 minutes a one and a half. Yes. And I, when I started playing 12 minutes, my initial thought was, what the heck is going on here? But the more I played it, the more I was like, wait, tell me more. Tell me, what, huh? Like, mm-hmm. it was just so, I'm sure there are other things like it. I'm not the most, mm. you know, on the up and up with like pop culture things that maybe there's something that told a very similar tale. Uh, and I don't want to say anything really about the story because anything would be spoilery. Yeah. But I really wound up enjoying it for what it was. So I, I also did 12 Minutes fairly recently. And I agree for the most part that I appreciate what 12 Minutes was was trying to do and I think what it did it did pretty well in that you had complete autonomy across that time loop and everything you did had an impact and it was very interesting to see you know the small things that you did and and the differences they made I thought that the story and the performances were okay but maybe could have been better based on the caliber of the people they had involved but I can see why people would be very much turned off by it because of one very specific element of the story. And I remember seeing outrage on the internet, <laughs> on various forums and Discord and you know a few other places when people played it, got to a point in the story and went, yuckity yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, I mean, yuckety I... Yuck. I can see that. I can see that. But I'm curious, given our community and how our community plays, how much of this was that it's annoying to play for achievements? Because if you're not playing Mm. for the story at all, like you're not interested in that one little bit, it it takes a couple of plays to get a feel for where things are and how they work. And it it would feel like a pain if you were just playing to the achievements, I think. And I'm mm. curious how much that impacted this review. I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I read that too, where people are just like, oh, no, I don't care how good the rest of this is. This thing was, you know, bridged too far. But yes. I, I'm curious if that actually entered into it here. Uh, I just uh, didn't like it because it took me more than 12 minutes. Liars. Uh, uh, I will agree with High Road's assessment of Awesome P, though. Uh, he gave that one a 1.5, <laughs> and that, that is well-deserved, definitely. I'm going to I'm gonna pick on Lego Head. Uh, there's a theme, and he has explained why. He just does not like these style of games. But yeah, Gone yeah, Home definitely. is, uh, if not for just accurately simulating the creepy experience of walking through someone else's house by yourself, like it, it is almost a horror game. And I think the world design, it just that, like how detailed they made everything. Even if you don't like the story, uh, just the replica of the house itself from so much such a small team the little touches and little side stories that you can find is just so cool like you don't see that and it kind of goes in its own pace and last time we mentioned that you know lego head rates telltale games and their ilk very very low because you know he, he doesn't appreciate them and and that we would see more of them and, and true to form we've got uh Walking Dead series season two, Life is Strange, and Game of Thrones, which uh, all is like, 1.5s. Mm. Game of Thrones is worse. the worst one of them all, man. It's boring. It is so boring. <laughs> Ugh. Even if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, 
but again i will agree you know as much as i may disagree with some of those aspects he also has alone in the dark and mm. dream break serpent king down there and he yeah, agrees dream with break. dream break yep. so you know you've got a you've got a partner in crime there he also has jericho on there which you know i think he's had a lot of really great matches and he keeps reinventing himself throughout his entire <laughs> career so i don't even know why you'd put jericho that low Dumb tish again. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> a couple others that stood out to me on these lists. Um, KT Echo gave Crimson Dragon a 1.5. Mm. And I, it's not the best game ever, but I liked it. You know, it's an on rails game. And so maybe if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. But 1.5 seems low, especially as like an early Xbox One release. And Rock of Ages. Somebody gave Rock of Ages. Mm, Saban. Saban. Uh, yes, Saban. Saban gave Rock of Ages a uh, a one point five, and I don't know for the like kind of just general humor of the game alone and the uniqueness <laughs> of the gameplay, which I felt mm. worked as intended. Like that's a surprising one to me because I I definitely rated that much higher. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like Rock of Ages quite a lot. Although I I feel like the second one really does refine the formula of what they were trying to do, and the gameplay is a lot tighter and. Uh, you can spam kind of the first one quite easily. So mm-hmm. it's kind of broken in some respects because when you know what to do, you can kind of exploit some of those things, uh, you know, but it's not for everybody, I guess. Uh, although he also rated Outlanders at 1.5. And from what I understand, Outlanders are pretty well-received, uh, well-respected yeah. XBLA mm-hmm. title. So nobody cares what Saban has to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to call out Northern Last for being the nicest lady ever with, putting scale electrics as a 1.5 which is 1.5 more than it ever deserved it is it is trash in digital form mm, mm. i've i've had root canals and i would rather do a root canal again than play scale electrics oof tough crowd i uh i also wanted to point out uh, not a 1.5 but i wanted to just shout out OM Jesus, because we I, I called her out last month or last time we did this. We don't do this monthly necessarily mm. on her 1.0 rating for Condemned, which is a game I don't feel deserves that. And she took the time to explain to us in Discord why she feels that way. And it essentially boiled down to... Why she is wrong. <laughs> it essentially boiled down to there is one very notably scary moment in the beginning of the game, like chapter two or so, and nothing else really hit that level. So... Mm sort of the game peaking early combined with her general dislike of horror games led to that reaction. So even though I don't agree, I love getting an explanation of why somebody feels that way. So thank you for posting that and and giving us that perspective Uh, and definitely invite anyone else to defend these choices. I see Inigo also put the X-Men official game as a 1.5. I'm not here to defend that one because I don't have the nostalgia for X-Men that some other people do, but I imagine that will raise some eyebrows among people because the the port seemed just fine. So I don't, maybe it's like a three, it's average, but 1.5, that says something, right? It says it's, it's not all that great. So I'm curious as to why that's the case too. And I think excellent shout, Chewie, about all the Sniper Elite stuff. I definitely want to know what the logic is behind all of that. Yeah, Definitely. This, is a, this is a dialogue, not a monologue. So just open up the conversation, boys and girls, and we'll just have a chat. It also seems particularly uh, timely to see that uh, Rocker Dude rated uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Danger of the Ooze 
as a <laughs> 1.5, considering that we're right in the middle of a kind of a resurgence of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games with the Shredder's Revenge, is it called? Yes, and Shredder's oh, yeah. Revenge is great. Danger of the Ooze, not so much, but Shredder's Revenge is great. Because I, I, okay, I, I'm a massive Turtles fan. Well, I, I used to be a massive. I went when I was a kid. I was a massive Turtles fan, um, but I think I've only ever played on the Xbox One Turtles game, and it was just okay. So I would really like to kind of play some more good ones. Um, and you know, Danger of the Ooze was one I was looking at, but maybe I shouldn't based on that 1.5 rating, uh, which is the best Turtle game that I could get my hands on. Shredder's Revenge. All, the, Shredder's Revenge. No, the new one. They're all named so similarly is the problem. Uh, the 1989 to... arcade. Probably the Cowabunga collection soonish. Um, yeah, if like, those work out well. What What's interesting with Turtles games is they really come in sort of two buckets. There's the 2D ones that are the arcade ones and then the 3D action adventure style ones. And uh, the the 3D ones just tend not to do as well. And I don't know how much of that is bad development versus we think of them as 2D arcade titles. So it's going to be very mm. hard for the 3D ones to break through. I, I've been playing Mutants in Manhattan with my group, but it's Ice Fire and L and Prue. And we've been having a good time with it, but the achievement list isn't great. So that's one of those where... It's actually a pretty solid game. It's developed by Platinum, so it's got a nice pedigree, but the list turned a lot of people off, and you can't download it digitally, so you have to buy a physical copy. They're not super easy to find, or I would say give that a go. But Shredder's Revenge is great. We played it last night for a couple hours, and we all had a blast with it. It mostly held up well in online play. I, that It was a great time. Just It's in Game Pass. Just start there if you're looking for a good one. Fantastic. Uh, okay, well, I think that probably is a good point to stop uh, talking about our 1.5 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as you have our previous two entries. Uh, next time we will be moving up the ladder a little bit further with our 2.0 games, uh, our number twos, as it were. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, thank you very much for joining us. Please feel free to comment on anything we've talked about and we will try and bring that feedback back into the next segment, uh, much as the uh, Om Jesus uh, one there. Uh, But in the meantime, I have been Chewy on Ice. I've been Vulgar Latin. And I'm Matrarch. And we are the Master Raters. Master Raters.